0: Not everyone is going to come back, though. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, at one point, uh, this, this model is, uh, is not going to be able to continue. And that point is very soon. <laughs> That's the problem with having such a big family. How
1: do you choose the ones you save?
2: Ask any podcaster, any real podcaster, Doesn't matter if you record in person or over video chat. Podcasting's podcasting. Welcome back to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga. Yes, two years after we binged the entire Fast franchise with the cast, we're back for a spoiler-filled episode all about Fast X. I'm Derek Lawrence, a.k.a. the guy who once went as Dominic Toretto for back-to-back Halloweens. And as that icon once said, the most important thing in life will always be the people in this room, right here, right now. And for me, that's the Dom to my Brian, the Letty to my Mia, the Roman to my Tej, the Giselle to my Han, the Ramsey to my Queenie, the Jacob to my Cypher, the Hobbs to my Shaw, the Dante to my Ames, Chanel Berlin Johnson. Chanel, just like Han and insert spoiler, we've been revived. How does it feel to be back together, recording in person for the first time and with the new Fast film to dive deep into is basically our Christmas and birthdays all rolled into one.
3: Yeah, it's so exciting, especially after, you know, doing this virtually the entire time. Um, it's perfect. Uh the first time you said in this room that we've been in the same room, important. And I also enjoy that you let me be Dante. <laughs> that was really
2: fun. <laughs> you, you know what? I am just jealous of Alan Richson's tan in Fast X. Yeah. That I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let Chanel be Dante because I really want to be Ames. That's my summer aesthetic is Ames. I want to be that buff, that tall, and that tan.
3: Yeah, I want to uh be that manic. That dedicated to my scrunchy buns <laughs> and obviously painting my nails all the time.
2: Yes, I see. I can already tell we're already so excited. And not just talking about this movie, but like like you said, Chanel, we're in person. We got our producer Sammy's here. We were literally like for what an hour before yeah. we started recording, just talking about this movie because we were so excited about it. Chanel, me, and you have already seen it twice, yep. uh, which thankfully, because we, we should say off the top, there is some big stuff that happened at the end of the movie that we did not see the first time. Uh, so we're we're glad to not be recording and having no knowledge of this game-changing uh, mid-credit scene. Um, but yeah, we're we're excited to be back. I mean, for. I'm guessing this is all returning listeners. I mean, I would be thrilled if you're just uh coming to us brand new, like go back in the archives. But you know, maybe uh, you know, I will still give a refresher. Maybe people were waiting for Rita Moreno mm-hmm. to join as Dom Zabuela. I mean, who wasn't excited about that? So that might have brought some new viewers to Fast, some new listeners to binge, who knows? But uh way back in 2021, leading up to the release of F9, we did an episode in each of the main fast films. As you can go through the archives, like I said, and you can find our conversations with. Vin Diesel, Ludacris, Lucas Black, Justin Lin, Jordana Brewster, Sung Kang, Tyrese Gibson, Michelle Rodriguez, Natalie Emanuel, John Cena, and the dame herself, Helen Mirren. I'm still really, I go around telling people all the time that maybe the most surreal thing of my whole life is that we had Helen Mirren on our podcast. Yeah. I don't know that she knew she was on a podcast. She had no idea. um, But it doesn't matter. (laughs) We know that the dame was on our podcast. And I I mean, today we're we're back, like we said, Fast X is out in the world and we've got an action-packed and star-studded spoiler extravaganza. So if you have not seen the magic that is Fast X and you don't want to be spoiled, slam on your brakes and come find us again once you're caught up. Okay, good. So now it's just us diehards left. So it's safe for me to scream, Giselle! Woohoo! Hobbs? Heck yeah! Oh my God. I always should say Hobbs is the one, that's what we were referring to earlier. The first time we saw this movie, Hobbs and The Rock were not in it. Um. So we were, uh, so you'll notice in one of our conversations, we do not ask the director of this movie about maybe the the biggest thing in it. Um, because we did not know it at that time, so that's a uh, so don't uh, hate on our journalistic integrity or right. question our interviewing skills. We were not aware, um, but now we are, so we could geek out about it. But yes, we're not the only ones back. As our girl Gal Gadot and our guy Dwayne the Rock Johnson have also returned. But there's still so much more to discuss, including that Han and Shaw reunion, that small little plane crash that might have killed what half the family. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, definitely pour one out for Jacob Toretto, or at least we think. Um, and answering our many, many burning questions today our Fast X director, Louis Leterrier, and returning Fast stars and binge guests, John Cena and Sung Kang. So it's a good one. But before we get into the interviews, Chanel, most people probably just saw this movie. They might be walking out of the theater. They're that big of fans of us in the binge franchise that they had to hear what we thought. But in case they need a quick refresher, how would you sum up Fast X? And I will say, you know, when we used to do this gimmick to the guests, We'd give them 10 seconds or less, Yeah, but I've seen your recap, and also I'm just excited to be in person with you, so I'm giving you way more than 10 seconds, because you're going to need it, because there's a lot going on here. It's impossible. So tell us us about Fast X. What happens?
3: Okay, here we go. It's going to be a long one. I'm strapped Uh, (laughs) in. First, it's 2011. Dom, Brian, and the rest of the family steal a vault from Hernan Reyes, destroy the streets of Rio, and he dies on the bridge smashed in a car, and then shot by Luke Hobbs. But, dun-dun-dun, Reyes' son was actually also there the entire time, played by Jason Momoa. He survives and makes a vow to avenge his father and bring suffering to Dominic Toretto. His name is Dante, and he bests cypher and steals her tech to finally kick off terrorizing the family in the ways he's planned for a decade. He lures Roman, Ramsey, Tej, and Han into a trap with a giant bomb in Rome. After Cypher warns them, Dom, Letty, and Little Nobody eventually go to Rome to stop their friends, but all end up getting roped into Dante's chaos. Letty gets arrested after the whole family is blamed for this bombing and sought by the agency. Mr. Nobody is still MIA, so there's a new guy in charge, Ames, a.k.a. Jack Reacher. Tess, Mr. Nobody's daughter, is on Dom's side and becomes an ally to them in semi secret. She helps Letty sort of get free by placing her with Cypher, who has a mysterious plan of her own for escape. Letty, of course, does not pass up the opportunity for a revenge beatdown first, though, and it's epic. Uh, Ramsey, Roman, Han, and Tej are on the run and eventually seek out a little help from Deckard Shaw. And we finally get a first taste of that justice for Han before a threat to Queenie sends Shaw off on his own adventure, which I guess we'll find out more about later. Uh, Dom finds Elena's sister, Isabel, in Brazil, who helps him learn more about Dante. And another showdown on the bridge with Dante converts Ames to Dom's side. Mia's watching Little B, meanwhile, but a surprise attack from the agency sees Jacob come in and help her fight, and then she goes back to Brian and her kids while Jacob and Little B go on an adventure to Portugal, and this is fun, Uncle Jacob, okay? He's cracking jokes, he's singing good vibrations, endearing fans to him even more before he and Little B have to try to outrun Dante and his goons in a pretty sick cannon car. Dante captures B, and Jacob goes out in a literal blaze of glory um, to help them survive with Ames's help it seems like the family will prevail again though except plot twist Ames double-crosses Dom and has been working with Dante all along. The movie ends on several cliffhangers. Dom and Little B are facing death by dam explosion while Rome, Tej, Ramsey, and Han's plane goes down. And then cut to Letty and Cypher, who are still wandering around Antarctica until a submarine shows up to get them, helmed by another fast ghost. As we've mentioned, Giselle is back. There's also a mid credit scene that shows Dante has Hobbs in his crosshairs, too. He did not forget about that um, and is leaving us all with so many questions for where the ride goes next.
2: Oh, my God. If this wasn't like an audio medium and it was probably terrible for uh, recording quality, I would just be standing ovation, <laughs> clapping at, at Cannes. How long, what's the longest uh, standing ovation they've ever given yeah. at Cannes? Because I will top it after that. I feel like I just saw the movie for a third time.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, before we move on, though, let's check with our producer. Do we need to re-record any of that? No, that was good. Great. I'm one take wonder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's even. I was, you know, uh you deserve to to give yourself credit for that cuz that was that was incredible. Meanwhile, I'm needing to re-record uh last names that I sh- should should have known by now. Um but wow, that and that's enough for us for now because like I said, we have some great interviews. Louis the director, so much fun. Like what what a uh I, I was nervous, yeah. you know, not just not to talk to him cuz you know, I I had assumed he was a, a nice guy, but We love Justin Lin on this Mm -hmm. program. Not only is he a two-time guest, but just the nicest guy and given us some of our favorite films of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, So Louis had a tough job, A, just winning over audiences and coming into this production. But also, you know, we're coming in as Justin Lin, guys. That was tough for us. But Louis completely won us over. Yeah. So that's a really fun conversation. And then we have John Cena back again, you know, to talk about Jacob's... Sad demise. Yeah. Uncle Muscle is gone. And then three time guests, Sung Kang. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: I mean, he might be the, the new co host when we come back for the next episode, right?
3: Please. I would love that.
2: <laughs> Again, just the, the, the coolest guy, just like Han himself. Uh, so listen to these great conversations, but stay tuned because we'll be back afterwards to hand out some much needed awards.
1: You will never be able to break my family. <laughs>
2: We're feeling some good vibrations, so that must mean that John Cena is back on Entertainment <laughs> Weekly's Binge of the Fast Saga. John, nice to see you again.
1: Good to see you as well.
2: I mean, we're talking days after the huge premiere over in Rome, which we're very jealous. We, we, we didn't get to be there, but it looked looked amazing and days before the film is out in the world. So how, how are you feeling?
1: Really good. Uh, to be able to have such a big premiere and <laughs> a premiere that only is fitting for Fast. They always do it bigger and better and find ways to outdo themselves all the time with the uh, Coliseum as our backdrop. You know, the world watched as we, we debuted fast 10 and it really is a wonderful, wonderful film. Uh, the, the cast is amazing. The action is great. The kind of seven little mini movies at once that all just, you know, crush in on an amazing crescendo at the end. The fact that you got to stick around for the whole entire movie is a great one. It's um, it honestly is a nonstop thrill ride and a true summer blockbuster.
3: That's awesome. We, um, we saw like in the clips and stuff too, like you guys always seem so excited to come together. Like you mentioned, you're there are, like these different pieces that have to come together. And then you finally see the film. Does it feel like a party to you? Like, I know it's like technically a work day as well, but does it feel like a party?
1: No. Well, um, it, it is kind of a work thing, but the work is done, you know, when you're filming and, and when you, when you have something you're proud of sharing it with folks like yourselves, especially in person, that's, that's a lot more fun. And I think this time, the crew was having so much fun or your cast and crew was having so much fun because the movie, like I said, it's not like the family together as normal. It's a fragmented version of that where everybody goes their own way. So you do have like seven narratives at once, which is great for the audience, but it's not the usual fast filming. Like we didn't see each other Mm -hmm. a lot. So I think a lot of that was not only like it's done. We love it, but like, Hey, I didn't even see you when we filmed. We got to catch up and let's go have some fun. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) I remember we last talked to you uh, on this show ahead of F9's release, and we tried to get you to speculate on the future of Jacob and your place in in the Fast Universe. But like you opted to just My kind of enjoy, yeah, <laughs> you you opted to just enjoy the moment. Like you, you wanted to yeah. kind of wait and see what the audience reaction was. So obviously it must have been good, you know. Since since you're back, you're in Fast X. Uh, what kind of what were the conversations and responses like from the fans? Like obviously introducing Jacob was this huge kind of earth shattering thing uh, for the Toretto's and fast and furious. So kind of what was the feedback and kind of your conversations with fans over the last couple of years?
1: Uh, it's man, it's, uh, it's, I've been really fortunate and, and to not speculate, has been wonderful because I got to come back as a cool uncle. <laughs> and if you'd asked me and like, Hey, look into the crystal ball, here we are in F nine. I'd have never been like cool uncle Jacob (laughs) singing good vibration. Like, no, no, I just never would have thought of that. So like, that's, that's why I don't set expectations. That's why I'm just grateful for what we got. And, uh, man, it's what a, what a good position to be in. Like, it's, uh, I'm really happy with what I was able to do this movie. I was, I loved what I was able to do the last one, but I was in that moment where Dom gave a 10 second car away. And that's like a call, a huge callback, And that's a really powerful moment. So I can't be jaded after that. I can't be still trying to find my little, you know, the validation for my big brother that, that that moment of like one, you know, long ago, somebody once gave me a 10 second car and that moment to be flipped. And for me to be on that, we're cool. And that, that was a great moment to end on because it opened the door for like, well, you can kind of do anything now. And do you mind being like the cool uncle on a road trip? Mm, yeah, all right <laughs> great.
3: <laughs> How did they approach you with that aspect, that take on the character? Was it uh I assume it was like as the script was written or before did they float it to you before things got started or when did that kind of come about?
1: No, you know, I always I always ask for the material ahead of time, you know, because as a professional I want to know what I'm reading in totality and then begin to focus on on my little piece. Uh and then it really came together meeting Leo on set, meeting Leo and Louie. Like Leo's a wonderful kid who's curious and excited and you can't, I can't help, but like be curious and excited. So instead of being the uncle that's seen it all and Jacob is such an isolationist being with somebody who kind of digs his vibe or gives him a hard time uh, and somebody that he can't throw through a wall, like it, and ended up, it's just us having great rapport. So that that was the combination that kind of happened when when people got to meet each other.
2: Before we get into like the details of Fast X, like you, you mentioned, Jacob's last scene driving off at the end of F nine, which is such a great callback, like you mentioned. And whether it's pure speculation on, on your part or like info from chats you had with Justin or Louis, like where do we think Jacob was headed at the end of F nine? And like what type of conversations and interactions do we think took place between? him and Dom in the time between these films? Because obviously they're in a very different place when we catch up uh, with Jacob and Fast X.
1: Sure. I think, you know, we, we can all have our own perspective of that. But here's, here's things we know. The 10-second moment happened. Uh, Uncle or Jacob was given a chance to save himself, which he did. And Jacob knows who little B is. And on top of that, little B knows who Jacob is. So they couldn't be meeting for the first time. And however you want to fan fiction, what happened in between the two things, I think validation from my older brother and the fact that a young member of the Toretto family knows who I am by face, and I know who he is by face. We have had to have interacted at some point at once, which means there's there's some civil behavior between everybody.
3: So before we... Like jump into more with Leo, who I want to talk more about and like working with him. Uh, you're introduced, like we, we see like to that end, Jacob is called upon in this moment of need for the family. Right. And so, uh, but the cool thing I realized about that as well is it's the first time that we see adult Jacob in that Toretto household, I believe. So knowing like you're a huge. Yeah. Fan of Fast Before You Got Involved Too? Like, what was it like to step into that famous setting? And then it's, you know, in a situation where the house gets destroyed, but still, it had to be surreal. And
1: then (laughs) just, it it was like bittersweet. You know, I, I, this is why I don't speculate, but man, if I go to a barbecue and and the place gets destroyed, I'm like the bad (laughs) omen. Like, this is not good. So, uh, it was, it was awesome, but at the same time, like, man, I'm wrecking the place. So it was uh, bittersweet.
2: I, I I feel like one of our favorite parts of F9 and then moving into this film was the Mia and Jacob relationship. Because, like, going into F9, everyone's like, oh my God, you know, Dom has a brother, but like Mia has just as much equity in this. And I really appreciated the way that dynamic was addressed and kind of paid off. And then obviously, we get you guys tag teaming up here, you know, in that fight in the Toretto house. Like, what have you liked about getting to explore those two uh, Torettos together? <laughs>
1: That relationship is special because it's so nuanced. And you can, you know, as performers, we love to dive into those small details. And we make, we make as much of a meal as we can out of it in our heads, but we don't expect everything we talk about to translate through screen. It just helps drive our performance and helps us find our why. The fact that Mia kept in touch with Jacob all this time and in Jacob's moment of need at the end of F9, Mia offers a helping hand and saves his life. It shows that she's capable. It shows that she's strong. It shows that she's determined—all the things you you would want in a leader. Which is Dom Toretto. She has all those qualities, and she's also been extremely diplomatic. She hasn't chose sides. She's put family above all, which is also very Toretto. And then you fast forward to uh, Fast Ten, where they get to fight side by side. And one of my, again, this is just our moments being performers together when we were planning the fight. Uh, the stunt coordinators were kind of apprehensive about having me get hit. And I'm like, no, this is going to be great. Not only should I get hit hard in the face, I should ask Mia if she's okay. Like, I'm coming in to save the day. And then I get throttled. And then she throttles the guy. We both throw him out. And I'm my eggs are scrambled. She goes, are you okay? And just the two little sentences show again that she's independent, capable, strong, Always a protector. Always she can handle herself like she's a Toretto. And it's those little moments where as performers, we can go back and forth and add like we should we shouldn't just do action for the sake of stunts. If we can get one little beat in of like family awareness and togetherness. And on top of that, the little the the Mia saves the day. The most unlikely of all heroes is consistently the force that keeps the family together.
3: I mean that's beautiful and and we know from talking to a, to Jordana about uh the movies that she's always game to do more action too. So uh working with her like what is it like like being on set with her and getting to do that which is different from the kind of stuff that you were doing in the last movie. There's a little bit of stunt work with her like helping Jacob uh in the cars and things like that. Um but this is hand to hand a lot more days on set with each other I'm assuming. Uh so just talk about her as a performer and getting to really you know take what you guys have done together in a different direction too or a more expanded
1: direction. Jordana is great because she's an ri- original member of the franchise which means this is a body of work for her that is 20 plus years. But she's still so giving as a performer and so welcoming as a human being. You know, that's being in an environment where you feel comfortable to be vulnerable and take risks means you might get you have a better chance of getting a great performance and she creates an environment where she doesn't have to. She's one of the OGs, as they say, she could, she could be very steadfast in, in what, you know, she's willing to do and not, but she's extremely giving, she's extremely collaborative and she makes everybody feel welcome, which is, I I love the moments I have with her because it, it, that authenticity bleeds through being able to coordinate stunts. She's really good, but obviously, you know, That I have a lot of fluency in that field, and I, she must have felt at one point. I am thinking four, which is a wrong thing to do, but I am sure she probably felt like, "Am I doing it right?" She's great, absolutely great, and she trained hard. And that's another thing: twenty-two years in, and she's still showing up to practice a ton, so her moment can be the best that it can be. Like that, that shows pride in the franchise. It shows pride in the work. Uh, They're not the originals are are not at all fatigued. They have like a renewed sense of energy to 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 make the beginning of the end and bring this thing home in the best possible way they can.
2: One of my favorite moments of the film and like a real sign that we knew we were getting a different side of Jacob was the you know moment we've alluded to of you singing "Good Vibrations" uh, with with Leo. Was that uh, was that your your jam from back in the day or when you had to learn the words to? Like, was it, did you have any input in uh, go with
1: that I, song? Can you say that I did not have to learn the words? <laughs> That's that's all. I think I should say that and get it out there. And, and that's that.
3: <laughs> On that same vein, I, I just wanted to ask really quick too, like, you know, with Leo and discovering this new side of Jacob too, or, or like letting the audience see it kind of, what was your way into that? Like you've done a lot of comedy, you're great at it, but of course, like you want all of the jokes and stuff to kind of be specific to character. So as you're thinking about like what What is Jacob's sense of humor? Like, how does that play? Like, where did you start with it? What's the nugget? Is it the 90s stuff? Um,
1: I think it's, um, no, I think think it's situation dependent. I think the jokes between Dom and Jacob, if there are any, are going to be a whole different palette than a curious young nine-year-old boy. Like, you know, I love the scene in there where Jacob tries his best to give some parental guidance and then fast forward and then kind of calls his own rules back and goes, no no don't worry about it man it's, we're we're going to be all right like uh he is essentially the cool uncle but that that's all because of the room i'm in and and the people that are, that are there with me and uh leo's leo's ability to perform as little b with the energy that he brought allows me energy to play off of so that's the only reason that that personality's crafted in that way is because that's how I am with young people, you know. I try to remain just as curious as they are, and try to have answers when they have questions, or at least some guidance. And uh, I want to make an environment where, like, hey, you're going to be safe no matter what.
2: Sticking with that relationship, Louis, Louis, when we talked to him, called out the moment of uh, of Leo hugging you. You know, once you guys arrive at the little hideout there, and he sees the cannon car, and you know, says, "I love you, Uncle Jacob." And he kind of really, Louis, really praised, kind of you're reacting and kind of you're acting in that moment. Um, What was going through your head for that scene? And like, what did you think uh, was going through Jacob's mind as that kind of happens and sets up maybe what's to come?
1: Well, you know, uh, from my perspective, the best you can do as a performer is take the information you have and then try to be as authentic as possible. And what we do know about Jacob is he's a spy. He's well-versed in espionage. And it's further uh, driven forward by a, a, again a throwaway line in the script of that and plenty of time by yourself. He has not had a lot of friendships. He has not had a lot of people care about. Him. I bet you can count on one hand with zero fingers how many times he's heard the words "I love you." So for him to hear that for the first time doesn't matter who from is. That's a wave of something, and for you to, for him to hear it from someone who is a family member. And and an innocent, truthful, young people are real, real truthful and real innocent to hear it without any speculation on what's the subtext of this is pretty incredible. So I think when you just connect those simple dots, you're able to to be authentic to the response
3: right after that like once you guys do have to get uh, the two characters you get into the canon car um it's all, like now you've, you're taking care of little B Jacob is but then they become partners really like after that they it's like we got to go we got to get out of here uh Leo gets to do a bunch of stunt work on the car so i kind of want to talk just about that canon car when it when we see it as an audience i'm like oh Jacob made himself like a batmobile type of thing is that what it felt being in that A, hey, like that rig is incredible. How many versions of it are there to get all those shots? What What was it like being in that monster?
1: Uh, I saw five practical models. So they got five El Caminos and then made them like they were out of a Mad Max movie. Uh, and I really enjoyed the way that they did it practically. All the loading mechanisms worked, all the buttons inside worked, like the cannons could pivot and turn. Wow. And that's what I love about fast. There is a lot of imagination involved, but they always start with a practical base. You're not just completely using your imagination. They give you just enough to keep you focused and allow you to be curious. And the Canon car was awesome. Like in between takes, I, I love cars. I'm a car guy. So in between takes, Leo and I are messing with the switches and he's like, what's it? Just like in the Mustang when he just doesn't know what a cassette tape is because yeah. he shouldn't. But like we had a bunch of fun in the Canon car and it kind of never got old filming in there because there's so many levers and switches. And we did develop a good sense of team cohesion on how to work all the stuff because we had to learn how to work all the stuff. So the car was great. And that's a testament to the to set design and, and the property department and the transportation department because they, they care as much about it as we do.
2: Mm-hmm. Louis told us that he presented uh, the climactic sacrifice of Jacob to you on set. And he, he worried, he, he knew he was presenting something risky and it wasn't sure how you'd take it, but that you were kind of immediately sold and on board. What do you, what do you remember from about, about that conversation with Louis about the direction he wanted to go with Jacob here at the end?
1: I remember him being extremely nervous because uh, what that signifies is something that could elicit a reaction from me. Uh, But what he failed to realize is my perspective of every opportunity is allow me to do the best I can with this opportunity. And that's it. And his idea was the best. And I'm a big believer in best idea wins. And there was no, I couldn't come up with a, okay, good base, but you don't have it finished and this is what will make it great. No, that's the best idea that's what we do. Uh, You've, you've clearly said what it is. And then he, you know, but it's, it's not what you think. No, no, no. it should be this. It should be this. And if this is, is, is all that it's going to be, I'm super grateful. And, and we're going to, we're going to do it the best way we can do it. I think he was, he felt like his information might be taking an opportunity from me, but he didn't realize he was giving me an incredible one.
2: Yeah. I mean, what did, what did you love about when you actually came to playing that out? I mean, I think Jacob's last lines are essentially like telling Dom, you know, time for me to step out from your shadow. You know, thanks for showing me the light. What jumped out to you about the way that Louis chose to have you go out? And what was it like playing that final sequence in, in line?
1: Um, from my perspective and audiences, they'll be entertained with whatever they want. They'll think whatever they want. It's just uh, I'm, I'm big on self-worth. You got to believe you're enough. to to go and and do some some good out there and uh being in that scenario was like a a windfall of self-worth of like i don't doesn't matter who my big brother is like and again little throwaway line on the plane like do you know who your dad is he casts a pretty big shadow call back to it's not a throwaway that and that's also what i love about fast the intricacies of the storytelling you can just be at the edge of your seat with the action the whole time, throw popcorn at the screen, have one hell of a ride. And it's an awesome movie to see. Or if you want to get into it, they don't waste a sentence. They don't waste a movement. Like everything is interconnected. Everything is a callback for something. Everything is a, a light shining on the road ahead. Like they don't waste anything. And it's our job as performers to make those connections and be like, okay, okay, what was going through my perspective is this is a moment of self worth, and I realize I'm enough, and I also realize the value of family, and this is a decision that I'm going to make to preserve the value of family, and which is a core value of the movie. I don't like when movies tell you how to think, but when the tagline of this one is "Who do you choose to save when your family is so big?" I can confidently say that a core value and a through line of Fast is family. So all that goes into those moments.
3: Really quick too. Since you're mentioning the callbacks, do you have a favorite callback, whether it's from this film or either, even the last one, which was also like packed with references to the beginning of the franchise? Is there one that you love the most?
1: I I love the Let's Race. Yeah. Because that's like, that's it. That's it for me. The same Let's Race, and that's not a spoiler, It's in the trailers. That's like film one. Like that's intense. to me, that's like we're doing it. And it's followed by a street racing scene, yeah, which I'm so glad they put in there. yes, the the superheroes without capes, absolutely. But I love that they were able to go back, in F9 they did it with um like prequel recaps. I loved that they were able able to go back to film one and do it in the now and have a believable "Let's race," and it was great
2: sticking with the the kind of first film, I mean, Paul Walker's Daughter Meadow, like you know, she had shared a bit of news about kind of revealing her cameo in Fast X, which I'll say we saw the movie before she kind of shared that, and we both got very excited when we clocked her, you know, walking by and stopping to talk to to you and Leo. Um, what was it like just you know, being a part of that kind of huge moment in fast history? You know you know how much Paul Meant to the fast family, both the people making the films, but the audience, and you know how much Meadow means to this fast family. So, what was it like? You know, I'm sure that was a kind of an honor to kind of uh, be maybe the guide a bit to her and uh, and share that scene with her.
1: I think kind of is an understatement, and um, you know, Vin forever has the the highest perspective of it all. He sees things from a level that none of us do. And he pulled me aside and said, I'm going to put you in a scene with Meadow. And immediately, that is not lost. Like, to be able to be a Toretto brother and then to be able to have a moment on screen with Meadow. Things are important when you make them important. Because it's all kind of a woozy and a wazzy out there anyway. Like, it's only important if we make... I come from a world where you wear a black and gold leather belt And that's that's all it really is. But we make it important so people strive to hold on to that black and gold belt. This was one of those moments where, as a fan of the franchise, as someone grateful to don the Toretto cross, and as someone who knows or has a a great, deep meaning or understanding of the meaning of all these moments, it it wasn't lost on me. It was incredible to be able to be a part of that energy
3: across these two films. uh, Now. Is, I mean, that might be it actually, the scene with Meadow, but is there a moment that you think will stick with you or hold, you'll hold on for a, a long time? I mean, who knows what the future is, obviously, sure. but is there something that kind of pops in mind no, for you?
1: No, no, it's uh, seeing the public enjoy the movies. Yeah. That's what that's absolutely crushes any moment that I would have on set. Tons of surreal moments for me, ones that, that I'll store but my biggest moments are seeing the world entertained. It's not just a region. It is the rock. Like it is the entirety of the globe. Everyone goes to see fast and to, to be, I mean, grateful and blessed are words that are thrown around like, and, and, um, but I came from one global phenomenon and was invited into another. So I've, I've been able to experience that highway twice that is by far the best when audiences go to the theaters and and love the ride.
2: I I feel like I remind you of this conversation every time we chat, but I, you know, back in 2018, we were talking about blockers and I brought up the idea of you getting into a fast film and you called that prospect, you know, a dream. And, you know, now you, here you are, you you've lived your dream and it appears, you know, might be time to wake up. I don't know. We'll see. But like, what has this, what does this run, you know, as Jacob Toretto and in this fast universe. Uh, meant to you
1: oh man so i love to perform i love what i do and that's that's how i make my living and in my free time i'm a car guy like i love cars so now i get to get paid to do something that i not only do during my free time invest my money into that is a perspective that is rare like that is the diamond I'm getting money to do something that I pay for. And that's, to me, that's, I get uh, all of my passions. It's, It's truly spectacular.
2: That being said, you know I was recently talking to Sung, you know who we've seen him come back, you know when we never thought we would, uh, and he he joked, you know it's Fast and Furious, every character uh, comes back, no one dies. Are, are we leaving the door open to the possibility that we could uh, you could play Jacob again and that he might not be gone or again? I, maybe I should have learned my lesson not to try to get you to uh, to speculate on the on the future.
1: So as as we've talked about, nobody knows the future, but I'll tell you what. I will listen to you and learn from the past. In 2018, you said, hey, you're probably going to do this. And I'm like, you're (laughs) full of shit. And here we are talking about the second one. So in learning from the past, if you say what happens next, I say, I don't know what happens next. But I know from the past that it can be anything. So I'm not leaving anything off the table.
2: That seems like as good a place as any to leave it, John. We appreciate you uh, coming back on. We always love talking to you. Love talking fast, and uh, you're a fan like us, so it's always good to chat with you. So we appreciate you talking a little fast,
1: X. A great conversation, guys. Until next time.
3: Thanks again to John Cena for talking with us. We got to talk lots of spoilers we didn't last time. So we talked a little about both movies and we really appreciate that. Next up, we have Sung Kang to talk through even more spoilers.
0: You know, we'd already
2: be there if Roman wasn't driving four knocks on wheels. You see me shining, baby. We just ate a couple of fun muffins. and Now we're going to talk some Han and Fast X. So strap in. Sung Kang, welcome back to Entertainment Weekly's Binge of the Fast Saga. Uh, thank you, Derek. It's great to be here. You're our first three-time guest. We, we've had a total of 11 episodes You do, talk about these movies, and you've managed to be on here three times. So I think that says all it needs to about how much we like talking to you.
5: Uh well, three, three, three times the charm. I hope, <laughs> yeah. right? So
2: exactly. So we'll make this the best, the best one yet. I will say, the first time you came on, you were wearing an incredible hashtag Justice for Ham shirt. and I, I think we're still waiting for ours in the mail. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was we a that oh, yeah. limited edition or what. It
5: was a, it was a casting crew gift, as you know, because people, I've been walking down the street and you know. You you hear people with different accents around the world in London. That's where we're shooting the film. And you people just go, Ham? Ham? Are you <laughs> ham? And you're like, oh, huh, this Justice for Ham thing. So I so I created this like Justice for Ham and then um um and then Fast and Furious Mime on the back. That's what it said. Right? <laughs> Instead of nine, it was like Mime. And I told everybody on the casting crew that I got a discount on the T-shirts because they didn't um, have any ends in their printing, so everything would come out with a, a M. An <laughs> N would be a M, and so everything turned into ham and mime, right? Anything with an N in it. So it was just kind of yeah, it was just you know fun and games. So yeah, it's a collector's item, Derek. I have to hunt these down because I, you guys deserve this T-shirt. If if anyone, you guys yes, deserve it. So I might even have to give you mine and the one that i gave my wife i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll snag it from her you know
2: so. that uh that's incredible i mean that we would cherish those i don't even know if i could wear it i might have to just like hang it up in a frame yeah frame, it. yeah. frame it, yeah.
5: Exactly. it's a whole story you're like yeah. what is this <laughs> mime stuff right This like ham are you justice for ham i didn't know pigs pink- <laughs> did justice <laughs> Is
3: that, yeah. right?
5: uh, um, so
3: jumping, well, I guess in F9, we finally get Han back. It's this great reveal. But then we get to this movie and suddenly it's like we have another cliffhanger. Plane goes down. We don't know. Like, how, how are we supposed to deal with that for two years? It's like, is that just what we get? I mean, are, are you ready to have to, like, talk around that for two years, basically? Like, what an ending. Did that sort of surprise you where, where the characters end up at the end of Fast X?
5: At this point, nothing surprises me in Fast. You know, I think, you know, ev- everyone dies at one point in this film. If you think <laughs> yeah. about it. I think even Dominic Toretto died like six dramatic deaths, real quick deaths. He's like going to the afterlife and then, then love, Letty's love brings him yeah. back, okay. right? So I think, I think aside from family theme is, you know, death and resurrection, yeah. right? So I think in a film like this, what I think, you know, you employ these elements of like, you know, like almost saying goodbye to a character, right? But you know, in these big action films where people kind of, you know, th- there's this argument about oh, there's just action after action after action after action scene, and these are the moments I think you know you're trying to ground the movie to and be able to connect to the audience. And the beauty of the Fast franchise and the characters is that so many people. They have grown up with us, you know, multi decades with their father and even their grandfather. When I hear kids say, Yeah, I went to see the Tokyo Drift with my grandfather, you're like, Grandfather,
4: <laughs> you're like what?
5: You know, now I get, you know, that before it was like, I'm such a fan of you, and then it turned into, My mom is such <laughs> a fan of you, and now it's like, My grandma is such a fan of you, you're like, What, grandma? <laughs> And you're like, oh yeah, I could be a grandpa, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like how yeah. long has
3: it been? So, <laughs> Jeez,
5: it's been a long time, right? So, yeah, yeah, I, you know, and the the fact that Chanel, you're talking about, it, it's like, hey, we have to wait two years before we see what happens. I think that's we did our job, right? You already yeah. miss us, right? <laughs> you miss us,
2: yeah. Absolutely, we we've seen it twice, and we're already still we're still missing. Yeah, we're, we're, we got to go see it a third time just so we can uh, have those people in our lives, and for uh, so we don't have to wait the full two years. I mean, and obviously Han being you know dead again would be a, a real shame for many reasons, but especially because we get Giselle back at the end of Fast X. I, which I'm a little worried Gals like Big Return might be overlooked because there's another Big Return that somehow comes even later than that. But there were audible gasps in the theater, you know, when she popped up on screen uh, when we saw it both times. So, like, from your perspective, how exciting was it to learn that she was coming back? And then what do you think it kind of means uh, to the story and to Han to have, you know, Giselle officially revived?
5: Well, you know, I I, I can answer that. With you know, beginning with um you know Gal going off you know from the fast you know franchise and then becoming a force to be reckoned with herself, just the name Gal Gadot you know carries weight and you know legacy and you know just you know like she's a, you know this whole concept of Wonder Woman that's who she is now that's what she represents to so many people around the world. So to bring that energy and and to be able to share in her success and then her going out and becoming super successful. And then it's almost like a family member coming back and going, Hey, I'm back. You know, and look what I've been doing. Right. And it's like, of course, and on a, on a human level, on a friendship level, gal is, you know, everybody's wonder woman, you know, she is a great friend and a great mother and a great wife. And she's, you know, she's so funny. She can hang hang with the best of them and, and give them back. She doesn't take anything. You give her a little bit, she'll slap you around. You know what I mean? She's So awesome. She's Wonder Woman. I remember we were in Brazil shooting, and I wanted to buy my wife a gift, right? For her. and so we went to a jewelry store at a mall, and Gal suggested the the uh, the hand. There's a like a a symbol that you know a lot of uh, you know people in Israel, Jewish people, they use it's like a hand with an eye on it, right? So we we're looking for like a bracelet for my wife and. Yeah, I went in there and I think the guy wanted like, you know, a few hundred bucks or a thousand dollars. And yeah, I went in there and she got like two for like half price. So she got herself one. She like gave this guy so much pressure. (laughs) It was like angry at him. And we got such a great price. And then she got a bracelet out of it. I was like, wow. She's awesome. So she's awesome to hang out with, right? And then um, in terms of story of the fast world, you know, people forget that, you know, Fast and Furious has one of the longest love stories in cinema history, you know, the love affair, you know, between Letty and Dom. It's such a beautiful thing. And I, what I love about Fast one of My Favorite Scenes in Fast 10 is that, you know, those intimate, quiet moments with Dom and Letty just hanging out together, cuddling like regular people. It felt like, hey, you know, I wanted, I, I knew it was real. You know, I knew there was like, there was like, a true grounded relationship. And I feel like what great opportunity to, you know, bring that into Han and Giselle's like world. Like what are those quiet moments when, you know, two people are missing each other? How do they change? How do you like engage in conversation? And where do you find that shorthand again in relationship? Is it distant? Is it, you know, is it like intimate right away? Is it like, you know, you know, is it like becoming friends again, earning that friendship right? or so it's there's so much, right? And then you can go kick ass together cause you are on it. <laughs> so go, like, so, you know, jack people up and shoot. Like, you know, both of us have two guns. What a powerful, right. it's like, we're always like <laughs> killing people. You know, we're always like running and shooting and killing and jumping out of airplanes. It's
3: like, you know, it's
5: like mission impossible couple. It's pretty cool.
3: Uh, at the same time though, when people talk about Han and Giselle, I feel like the, the moment that comes up is that one where you're in the car and uh, Giselle's in Han's lap and talking about like, where are going to go next? Like people love just that moment. There's like sort of a bit of stunt to it because we know they're driving, but it's really just a moment right. between these two characters, just having a conversation. And I see people all the time reference it as like a really great bit of intimacy between two characters.
4: Hmm.
5: Yeah. And, and then you put the you know, Fast and Furious magic sauce. You're zipping around on the Autobahn, you know, a couple of hundred miles an hour while she's we're having an intimate conversation. She's on my yeah. lap, right? Like, that makes no sense. We would die. We'd crash and die. I'm just like, hey, we're going 250 miles an hour on the Autobahn, but how yeah. are you? I'm not looking at the road. Right? So beautiful, Giselle, yeah. right?
3: Where are we going? <laughs> We just trust they'll make it.
2: <laughs> in the, um, earlier in the film, even before we knew Giselle was coming back, like I was clocking that. I was like, Hans got something. He's got something to say. Like it either he couldn't bring himself to share it or he kept being, you know, cut off before he could share it. You know, I think of, you know, Roman crashing that car and interrupting uh, Dom and Hans conversation. Like, I don't know. I don't know how much you want to say about that, but like, what should we maybe read? from that, you know, earlier scene? Like, does Han know that Giselle is, is alive? You know, is he harboring some secret? Like, what do you think um, as much as you want to say we should take away from, you know, what's going on with Han at that barbecue? Mm. Well, you know, I think
5: that's great. That's a great question, Derek, because I think that next to you know, Han's kind of overall melancholy, like, you know, he's always like in a state of you know, contemplation and like pensiveness and you gotta as an actor, you gotta go, well, where's that coming from? Does he have hemorrhoids? Is he snacking too much? It's like <laughs> does he need more fiber in his snack choices? Yes. <laughs> right? It's, you can only play like brooding for so many movies. Right. <laughs> and so you gotta find the motivation. Yeah, you know, he's constipated, so he's angry. You know what I mean? He's been right. in a car all day, right? So of course yeah. he's like pissed off. Or is his heart broken forever? And does he blame himself that, you know, he somehow was responsible for the death of this woman that, you know, he should have been the one to sacrifice, right? So, I think, you know, those big brother moments between Dom and, you know, Han, you know, they can be hopefully recycled and used as like metaphors, you know, if we can use Parallels with the cars, like especially old vintage cars, when Dom is talking about carburetors, and you have to listen to the motor, like you know, back in the day, and the car will tell you what it needs and what's wrong with it, right? And maybe that's how you apply it to Hans' relationship. Is like, you know, you listen, just listen, and then you'll it'll tell you. Even the relationship will tell you what's broken and what needs fixing what's not idling properly, right? Like where the pistons are firing wrong or, you know, there needs to be a little fine tuning or you just got to gut the whole thing out and replace it.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah.
3: Were, I guess sort of speaking to that, does that seem kind of, or was it part of any of the conversations you had for the decision to, uh, revive Giselle, um, so to speak, because, you know, they've, Fast has brought back a number of people at this point, Han included. So that's a tough decision. Like, do we go that route? Um, did you get to sort of talk about what the thinking was there, even if not where it might go, but just like how it could work and make sense for the characters to get potentially this opportunity to reunite?
5: Well, that's the great thing about Vin. You know, as a great like team captain, QB, if you will, you know, he tosses like, you know, you'll have a pass session and you'll just talk about ideas. So, you know, basically throw you the ball and go what do you think about this you know what do you think Han would do here what do you think Roman would do here you know and it's an excuse to hang out but then do some work and be creative and you know bond and you know become family away from set you know offset and talk about ideas and you know and then if you look at his track record he's always utilized social media to connect with the audience and see what is you know like Popular or in demand, or what suggestions? Even like I think Dwayne Johnston, you know, like, you know, like inspiration was from, you know, uh, somebody on Facebook, I think, you know, Vin was really big on Facebook, you know, at one time. And, you know, the fact that he listens, right? And he loves, he, you know, he's a communicator. And, you know, in a movie like this, you know, it, it's, it takes a village, you know, it takes a city, it takes a metropolis to like create this thing, right? So, I think the more, you know, questions and ideas that are shared, more people can contribute. And over time, you know, I think people have gotten older and, you know, there's less ego and there's just, you know, more, I think, trust with one another because we've been on these movies for such a long time. People are welcome to contribute, even with the car stuff. You know, we know like, yeah, you know, fast has deviated away from, you know, car stuff that has been grounded in the past and so you know in this like you know the picture car guys brad and dennis mccarthy who builds the cars for the movies they're constantly asked and on the phone and on set like to go what do you think about this would this like carburetor's line make sense you know what's a good metaphor for this and they were like it was great to see these like you know tough like you know masculine like you know garage guys and car builders all oily and, you know, you know, they eat burgers for breakfast, right? You know, those type <laughs> of guys. Um, you know, they were very moved. They were like, you know, I'd love to be able to contribute. No one's asked us like the, these questions in a long time, right? So pretty cool, right? So yeah, to answer your question, you know, it's, it's constant communication. So this, you know, Giselle return. Was in the zeitgeist, you know. It was like, you know, in in the conversations constantly, especially because everybody loves Gal, you know. It's like, like you go, mm, should we have killed that character off? Should she have died? Like, well, it's sweeter now because look, like the stars align. That you know, Gal coming back now is Giselle is way more impactful mm-hmm. than if it was like five years ago. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, so,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I got to tell you, Sung, when we were, we were recently chatting, me and Chanel saw the movie for the first time. G- the Giselle reveal was the end of the movie. So that's, that, we didn't see the other thing that was going to come um, that people are going to be talking about. And you actually inadvertently, like you mentioned something about like a second tag. You're like, oh man, that second tag. That's, that's crazy. That's big. And I was like, my alarm bells went off. I'm like, what second tag is Sung talking about? And then we go to see the movie again. And obviously we get Dwayne back as Hobbs, like for you, knowing how great Dwayne is in these movies and like what he's meant to the franchise, how psyched were you to learn that whatever issues there were, like had been worked out and that he was, you know, coming home and bringing, you know, kind of that energy, you know, as you guys kind of wrap up this series?
5: Well, it's a great kind of reflection on life and, you know, how movies can maybe teach, be a teaching moment, give you opportunities to Learn from your heroes, like, oh, they squashed that. What was that about? Like, I don't, even, I don't even remember Derek. Like, what was the problem? They're like, they have beef. Like, I don't, yeah. What was it over? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody didn't return somebody's text or they didn't like somebody's post on Instagram. Who knows, man? I don't know. But I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's good. Dwayne's back. Everybody watch this. And everyone's like, wow, we love you, Dwayne. And it's like, yo, man, what was the problem? You know, it's like, but then I go, Sometimes I go, is, was there a method to the madness, Derek, right, Chanel? I'm like, you know, Dwayne is a wrestler. I mean, that is about, like, dramatized hype if you ever – you're a master of creating drama where there's none and anticipation for the final showdown, right? This worked. I was like, somebody's genius, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. they had a beef over, I have no idea, right? Like, literally, I'm like <laughs> – yeah. I have to Google why do they not like each other? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. On set, there was much dialogue and heated moments. What the? Hell? That's so right. general. I have that when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was. Oh, it's great. God. It's great, right? Like, I mean, it's yeah. all for the fans, and you know, if you went to a screening, Derek, and you guys had that, like, you know, visceral, like, crazy reaction, and it's a positive feeling. It's not like. Ah oh, shit. What's this guy doing back, right? It's like, "Oh, we love you, Dwayne," right? So it's like, awesome. And that's that's something that I think somebody mentioned this that's like, you know, fast the franchise has mastered this like tag thing. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, now we're like at two tags per movie. Right? You know, eventually there's going to be like 80 tags. It's like <laughs> the movie's all tags. The movie's like 5 minutes. Everything else is like <laughs>
3: I think, especially the way it's set up too, with people having to go off on their own sort of mini adventures and then coming together, that's plenty of opportunity to throw in yeah. extra uh, little yeah. teases to things.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think, and also streaming has, you know, reprogrammed the way people can like digest these type of things in anticipation because things do turn around much faster. Before making another fast movie, be like five years, you know. Maybe if you're lucky, now you know you can churn them out in a couple of years, right? Well, you know. When the last one is released
3: we referenced it in the intro but the scene in that internet cafe where pete davidson shows up got a reaction both times that we saw it with people um even you know with mostly other journalists who try really hard to just stay straight (laughs) but Mm -hmm. what was that like filming for you guys like was it just one day with him it's so fun and it's so quick but it's very memorable
5: yeah, it's just one day, you know, you know, Pete, because he comes from comedics on stage and SNL, like improvisation, you know, his muscles are like quick. It's like, you know, dealing with like a sprinter. So that I think we had, we worked together just the day on that scene, right? So he came in and it was like, oh, it's Pete Davison. And, you know, at first you're like, is he Pete Davison? Like, you know, the person you, from media or is he like, what is this guy? Complete pro. Like, you know, I don't know. If if people ever work with Pete, it's like, you know, this is a guy is a seasoned entertainer and disciplined and there and present and, you know, know, knows how to have fun in between the cuts. And he knows how to be like water and fluid and just get along with everybody. You know, he's just lovely, man. It's just like, you know, you meet guys like that and you go, yeah, you know, like you never judge a book by its cover. You know, and Pete is like, dope. You know, he's just like, no wonder, he you know, he's dating all of these like, you know, famous, like, high-profile women. I'm like, what do they
4: see in Pete? And then you meet <laughs> yeah. them, you're like, all right, all right.
2: In <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that scene, and I don't know how it took us this long to say the, you know, words, you know, Deckard Shaw and Jason Statham, but you go right from that scene with Pete Davidson to picking up where we left off at the end of F9 with Han, Han and Shaw being reunited. And I think it was on, you know, the first time you were on this podcast, when you told us the story of working together with Jason all the way back in the day on war and you know, you guys kind of meeting up at the airport and you getting ready to go do, do Tokyo drift and him being like, Oh, fast and furious. That that's pretty, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Which now we know, Louie told us that him and Jason went to go see the first fast movie together. So we know uh, Jason was a fan at yeah, that point. Yeah. So then what was it like knowing the buildup, you know, both you guys going way back, but then also the buildup of the Han and Shaw it all. What was it like to finally be together on set and kind of get to play out this dynamic that we've all been waiting for? Mm.
5: Well, you know, me being in Vancouver right now, it's like uh, this like full circle moment where, you know, I'm walking down the street here in Vancouver and I remember like, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's where I, that's where I saw Jason. You know, we had dinner over there and I think he was staying here and I was staying here and I remember that film war and, you know, like I could walk around the street and, you know. It, it, my my own business nobody knew me from shinola right and you know and now the day like yesterday you know the, you know the the late night screening started happening and there were people on the street saying hey i just saw i just came out of the screening man It's so, like you know theater it's the it's the there's an experience where the you're moving with the, the with the car and there's like you know a more you know uh like Four dimensional, I guess, experience. You know, people, you know, there was a couple who stopped me and said, You just saw Fast 10, man. It's like crazy. You know, it's like great. It's just to have that like interaction and then think about it. It's like, this is where I met Jason Statham and this is where we talked about me going off to do Tokyo Drift after war. And he's like, Man, that's a good franchise to be a part of. Right. And then years later, we're on set together and he was responsible for, you know, this, you know, this idea of Han's death, right, and now this justice—like, what is justice to be served? And you know, and there's like, you know, the kid, you know, dreamer moment where I have to step back and pinch myself. And it's like, dude, I'm sitting here pretending I know what I'm talking about with Jason Statham talking about stunts and the motivation behind the stunts, and I'm like, I hope he's buying it because I'm not, right? But this is <laughs> this is super cool, right? And then to be able to work with a team of choreographers and stuntmen and fight choreographers and stay them, you know, the, I think a master of his craft when it comes to doing what stay them does and what, what makes him special and, you know, beloved throughout the world, you know, it's like, what, what is his like magic sauce? What's his craft, if you will. And then when you get to be in that intimate, like, you know, like relationship together. Um, and you're touching each other cause you're going through choreography. It's, it's something that it's very hard to explain where like how often If you, you know, you and I met Derek, like just to go have coffee. It's not, I'm not going to like wrestle you to the ground and like hold you, <laughs> yeah. you like over and over and then flip you and get on top of you and like hold your hand, head close to my face and I'll kill you, Derek. Like I'm yeah. spitting in your face, spitting in my face. You're like, yeah. it's this intimate like dance you're having together. Right? So. You know, and then being able to, you know, apply that craft that he has into, like, what's the motiv- motivation behind the characters and the why behind this fight? What is the, the the definition of justice for us, right? Like, what is this justice for Han? What is this, like, coming together of Shaw and Han? Why are they – why is this necessary? Aside from the, oh, they're going to, like, beat each other's ass. Like, yeah, and then what, right? So – justice was really because, I mean, it, I think the fight had to develop because the, the conversation of why is he here? Like, I need his help. And also, you know, Shaw thinks that he did kill me, that he went and like took somebody out. So he lives with this guilt of, because at the core, he's a good guy. I mean, Dom is hanging out with his mom. Like, <laughs> dude, obviously, this is like a good kid. Like the mother's <laughs> hanging out with Tom, like in Rome. And a down, like like, what the hell is this, right? So I mean, this dude probably has guilt, like I hope I didn't kill an innocent Asian man for no reason, <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so I show up, and he thinks like i'm I'm out for physical revenge s- surface level, but the revenge is the the justice is like, hey, you are part of the family, you do merit coming to the barbecue table, right? I think that is like how do we bridge that gap now? It's like, you know, justice is like, you no longer have to live with this guilt because you were employed to fake my death, right? To stage it so I could go away and do something noble, like raise Elm, my, you know, my adopted, like orphan daughter, right? So, um, yeah, so, and, and then I think it came out great. It was like fun to go and play and be in that playground and work with people from all over the world. Like, you know, like there are, our stunt team was from France and you know, again, to work with, you know, all these seasoned, like, you know, action, like, you know, you uh, know, production team, you know, and the camera team. And, you know, people get hyped up, you know, it's like Derek and Chanel, you know, you played cops and robbers when you were a little kid, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like that. Imagine now you're doing it with grownups, right? With big toys that fire real bullets and all this stuff. It's so cool. So cool. You know?
3: Yeah. You mentioned the a little bit of the mm. fan reaction and EW, we got to debut the first part of the scene between Han and Shaw. And mm. one thing that was kind of interesting to me is people said, um, I saw some fans saying, man, it would be interesting to see them eventually team up. So do you get that sense from fans too, that maybe some of the appetite for what justice means has shifted even for the audience as well?
5: For sure. I think everybody wants to root for though, right? So I think now that bridge has been gapped like you know it's easy for him to go onto like a you know action caper with some, you know one of the characters right so um yeah I mean we could you know we don't have to we'll see you know there's so many you know other actors that you know can join forces and you would never think like you know there's there has to be room for you know Han and Giselle time too right so maybe you know it's like Han does want to hang out with Shaw so much Yes other stuff other people he wants to be like kicking butt with right
2: i will say for the record if we met up for coffee and you you know started threatening to kill me and beat me up i'd be (laughs) on that that would be an honor come here Derek. let me me put you in a triangle
5: (laughs) spread your legs (laughs) let me wrap my leg around your leg hold on
2: (laughs) And, and I will say, I, I respect you not cutting your hair again, just to, to pick up exactly where the F9 uh, scene left with the Sean Han thing. I, 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 was there, was anyone like, oh, I don't know, maybe you should cut the hair or, you're, or people are like, ah, who cares? We, we don't need to worry oh, it about it was a,
5: it was a massive like committee vote, right? So I had to go in like with a PowerPoint presentation of why I felt like we should keep the hair. You know, and I, I understand it's like, dang it, is that going to match the last tag? Do people catch on to that? Do they understand? So we have these photos from set where the framing was like so close, right? It matched the, you know, it really was close to matching the tag. So, you know, I the, in my PowerPoint, you know, presentation, I was like, you know, things that make Han popular globally, <laughs> yeah. right, right, equating to billions of dollars in the box <laughs> office is, they need Han with snacks, with nice cars, right? And number three, they need him with the long hair, yeah. right? <laughs> they have to have him. And then there was somebody that stood up. It was like having a legal debate in court. It's like, but Han had short hair in the last, and the, you know the timeline is only like you know maybe days away from Fast Nights. I'm like, but look,
2: look. Best time had a decrease in box office sales because of the short hair.
3: Direct connection.
2: It wasn't the pandemic. It wasn't the pandemic. It was, it was the hair. So I'm glad yeah. that we're about to have the biggest yeah. hit of all time. Now that the, now that the hair's back, uh, number one. That's how you get the them.
5: You convince them with like these like graphs. You're like short hair, no box office. <laughs> Long hair, box office records right so
2: yeah <laughs> i love that you you had mentioned you know in talking about um you know shaw killing han and it allowed han to go raise you know this this daughter in l um and we don't get you know we don't get l in this film i don't know for you was was she ever part of the plans as far as you know or were you surprised we didn't get more l or do you is, do you think that's kind of part of the long-term plan to kind of you know factor her back into the story because obviously that was so central to, you know, the mystery of, of where Han had been.
5: For sure. Good question there. Yes. Yes. And the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, there was much dialogue and conversation that happened with Vin and the producers, right. And, you know, everybody on the team, you know, about like backstory, like, you know, Vin loves to talk about mythology and, and we sat there and we're like, where is Elle now? Is she at music school. She's off to college. And there was even a, uh, a scene that was shot where I'm talking, I'm texting Elle, you know, like I'm getting off the, you know, text with her and she's having a recital at her college and I can't make it. Right. Oh. So I was supposed to be there and then boom <laughs> <laughs>
4: Right.
5: A teary moment. Right. So, but uh, yes, but it just, and then there was like plans to shoot a scene with Elle. She's at the concert, like getting ready for the recital, looking for, me in the audience, nowhere to be seen, sad moment. And she, you know, and it's a text. It's like, have a good recital, send, and then the piano starts, go <laughs> yeah. go into sad piano recital. Right? I'm, I'm serious, and I'm dead serious, like all this stuff was like, you know, put on the table and then the producers are like looking at me and Van going, who's going to pay for that? <laughs> right. You guys are crazy. <laughs>
2: We'll, we'll have to wait for part two uh of, yeah. of fast x for for that um yeah. to look forward to
5: yeah but it makes sense right there yeah. i mean for the fans people might not think like we actually talk about that but we're like where is she she's in school in new york she's at music school she's i'm so supposed to be at this recital and you know but and that's what justifies or it makes that raises the stakes for the you know the the blow up with everybody right because all of us you have these like intimate moments, like with. Uh, Tej and Roman, they have, talk about friendship, and they they have their you know moment, and then Ramsey you know confesses that she has this guilt, and you know we never got to like Hans' moment, like what's going on, because that was like safe for the L thing, right? So these three characters like have this grounding kind of self reflection time, you know, and then and then you lose them or perceive loss, right? So again, you know, it's like Pavlovian, it's like you know, it's like <laughs>
2: right. boom, we take it away, right? So right. Absolutely. Well, son, we could talk to you for hours and hours, as evidenced by the fact that we've, you know, had you on three times. Um, so we'll have to have you back in two years—a long two years—when FastX Part Two comes back. You might have to be the co-host by, yeah. by that point. You—you've been on the show so much. We'll make you the third host. We'll have you interviewing Tyrese or someone <laughs> for us.
5: Yeah, it'd be fun with you guys. Yeah, but you guys do a great job. You guys—you do such a great job. It's almost nice to talk to people that are in a way removed from like the actual like production or the making of and you see it so like, you know, objectively, right. And it's like beautiful because it does mean a lot guys, because, you know, we're so I'm so maybe in it and, you know, you're like in a cocoon. So, you know, when I get to partake in this type of conversation, it is, it's like I have to pinch myself because it's like as a kid, you know, growing up and it's like what it feels like to be interviewed. By a journalist <laughs> about what you do. Like, they're gonna I hope I get interviewed one day for being able to play pretend well. Like it's crazy there. You guys are talking to me about a you know a acting role, right? A character that I play. It's hilarious to me.
2: Thanks as always, and uh congrats. I saw the news on your uh on your directed yeah. film hit, hitting the oh, uh, yes. this fall, Thanks, so we can't wait. That's it, big.
5: Yeah, it comes out in August. I can't wait for you guys to see it.
4: Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, can't yeah. wait. Awesome. Thanks again, Sung, as always. Good luck with the film. Good luck with uh, what you're working up in Vancouver.
5: Alrighty. Thanks, guys.
2: Sung Kang, back again for the third time. What an incredible guest. Can't wait to have him back on the show in a couple years. And then maybe we'll just start a podcast with him. Just checking in every week to see what he's up to. Exactly. So until, uh, until we start that Sun Kang podcast, uh, here's our interview with FastX director, Louis Leterrier.
1: All right, dorks, what are we blowing up? What? The Vatican. Wow. You guys
0: are going to hell.
2: He destroyed the Vatican. So he might be going to hell, but here he is now on entertainment weekly's binge of Fast and Furious. Louis, welcome to the family.
0: thank you did i I, I, no i think the vatican does okay it's fine you know rome not so much
2: (laughs) the vatican's still standing though all right at least there's something left because not much i don't think but something (laughs) that's too funny um well we're so excited to dive into this film i mean when we're talking me and chanel both went and saw it uh last night i think we we realized the last time we had seen each other in person was seeing f9 together so i think that's just our ritual now is uh, seeing fast films together, but I, I I kind of was struggling where to start in, in diving into uh, spoilers with you because um, there's so much to discuss. I mean, for you, what is there? Is where should we start? What's the like? What's the number one thing now that people have seen the movie that that you're looking for to actually be able to talk about now?
0: Frankly, that there's a it's a cliffhanger. That's part one of a you know two-parter. And, and that really is the road to the end. And, you know, and we, uh, we, we didn't hold back as you're going to see. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, yeah, we, we, you know, it's, it's, it's been 20 years, 20, almost like almost a quarter of a a century, um, with this, with this character, this family. And then we, 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 yeah they 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 have done so much for so many people and and also have fought so many enemies that now people are coming back after them and yeah the, they are going to have to pay the 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 heaviest price you know just the the heftiest price so so yeah there's uh, sh- tears are going to be shed <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, on that note, you have said elsewhere, like you love to come up with like new camera moves or like unique equipment to use. And obviously these films are huge um, and there's a lot going on. Was there something in FastX that you were really excited to just pull off with all of the actors and the crew um, and that came out just as exciting as you were sort of envisioning it?
0: Yeah, thanks, Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's true. I, I like to do that, but only if it serves the story. So ultimately, uh, I had to find the right moments to do that. One of the ideas, well, what I was most excited about when coming too fast and coming back to cars, I've shot many car movies and, and car chases, was to shoot them differently and shoot them in the fast and furious way. So go back to kind of like the essence of what, fast as done in the past, but also going like bigger and, and stronger and also real. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we, uh, we just, uh, we just invented cameras and equipment that could go and take the actors where the action was and take the actors into the action and experience come in and out of cars and and for real, not, you know, n- n- no use of CG, no fake cars, everything is for real. And we just match the shots and do amazing stuff. So really there's some there's some really fun stuff that, that we all came up with and got us very excited.
2: The end, the, the minute that hatch opens on that submarine, I said, I literally out loud in the screening room said, oh my God, just because I knew who it had to be so Giselle's officially back. Like how did this happen? Why did this happen? Just kind of take us inside the decision to to bring her back and then figuring out the best way to do that.
0: I have a question for you, Chanel. Were you sitting next to Derek? Like oh, how, yeah. How annoying <laughs> is it when you watch his... Uh, no, we're work?
3: we're on the same I'm level. <laughs> elbow, <laughs> like, elbowing Yeah.
0: You, like, so.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I have us? a sense that Derek yeah. is like, you know, the best yeah. and possibly also the worst. Yeah, it's, yeah. No,
3: it's the best, especially for a movie like this. And so it was me, him, and another uh, co-worker of ours who all of us just hype, making noise. Everybody else, very professional. But we're, we are oh, we were excited.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, professional. Movie critics. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, Giselle. Come on, it's like you know, she she broke my heart when you know just that slow mo, amazing slow mo shot when she just falls away. Just I mean that that sh- that was one of the you know more more most ha- heartbreaking moments in the whole franchise. Just to have this moment and very subtle, it's a very simple, subtle moment. Um, uh, it was just, was just, yeah, just, just a a gift that, that gal gave us and, and we're, we together are going to give to the world, you know. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I, I'll admit when the
2: root, cause obviously there was, you know, there's been rumors out there of people like, oh, you know, could she come back? And it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster for me thinking about that because I'm like, oh, yes, I want her back. Like, we all love Giselle. We love Gal. And then you're like, oh, man, we revived Letty. We have revived Han. Like, I don't know. Can we do it again? I will say by the time I walked to that theater, I was fully ready for her. I'm like, I need her back. Bring her back. Come on. So, like, were you having some of those same kind of, like, thoughts in your head? Or were you just instantly like, no, it doesn't matter. Get me Giselle back.
0: No, no, no. I had this thought, but also there was no bringing back Giselle without knowing where where we were taking her and what was going to happen in the next one and how involved was she going to be. And, you know, and, and Gal was very clear with us. which was like, Yeah, I'll, you know, I love it. And this is my family. And I, they're like, Yeah, but what's the plan? So obviously we had to, you know, think hard. But that was luckily we had a great plan and and she loved it and then uh and then and then yeah she said she said yes the the not everyone is going to come back though so, so um at one point uh this this model is uh is not going to be able to uh continue and um and that point is very soon <laughs>
3: I mean, we only have one more, right? So there's only so many opportunities, too, to try to bring people back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess in that same vein, so we – well, two things. First, with Giselle, there is a moment earlier in the film, like in that very first barbecue scene where, like, Han is sort of trying to say something, talk. Like, it, are, were you trying to set – like, plant seeds for how much he may know that he's not telling people, like – now, by the end of the movie, we know Giselle's coming, but we don't know if Han knows about that. So are you already, like, planning seeds with that in this film, too, even if we don't know how they pay off? I can
0: tell you. What <laughs> would I tell you? What would I tell you? I want you to experience the Derek elbow yeah, yeah. the next one. Like, if I tell you now, you'll be like, yeah, he told us. Right, right. You're going to you know, get that. You're going to get that. You're going to get the screams. So I was like, shh, i
4: watching a movie.
0: Yeah. With a lot of movie critics.
3: <laughs> um, well okay then we do know a character that it seems like it really was his big final moment as we know uh, that Jacob comes back and then makes this huge sacrifice uh, to help Dom and to save little B um, how how did that decision come about why is he sort of the first to go what made that feel right when you were like with developing the script and editing it and then of course having to shoot all of that
0: um, for me, it was the full arc it, it started with a conversation I had with John Where I I told him how excited I was to meet him How excited I was about his character in the franchise But also meeting him and realizing he's the kindest man that ever lived And just, just an all round ray of Sunshine, like it's just it makes people happy. I was like, let's not let's have this. What what if we sort of like really leaned into this relationship with little B and this like uncle who never like experienced love or 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 hasn't experienced love in a long time, and then that comes through, you know, via via his um his nephew and just like the the awkwardness that turns into love and everything, and just that moment where he feels. He really, you know, accepts the the responsibility of being a part of, you know, an uncle, part of this family. And the love is felt for Little B and Little B being in danger and realizing that the only way Dom can get to Little B is if, you know, he sacrifices himself. John loved this idea, but loved it. It was a, I was terrified, you know, so there, like I was terrified, I was just waiting for that moment where, you know, he was going to literally give me a John Cena move, and, you know, <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> literally that day that I pitched him that when he was like in the midst of the fight, like full like full of adrenaline, like 50 people shooting people and everything, he was like he had three guns in his hands and I was like okay, John, uh, <laughs> and then pause, he looks at me and he goes, you know, with his John Cena movie star smile like
1: I love it.
0: I I I trust that this is going to be an incredible moment. And you know, it truly he is, because he gave me everything. And and just we we and then yeah, we 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 shot it. But we were like, yeah, we we it was very emotional that day because he was like, you know, saying goodbye to a character that a, a short run in the franchise, but such an impactful run. And and John, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you met him. He's just like a soulful person. And, and yeah, it just, I was, you know, we had to, we, this time we had to, like, it felt, it did feel right. It felt right. It was not in the original script, but it felt right in, at, you know, at, at that moment.
3: Mm-hmm. And it, it does really give like a full circle moment for him yeah. I, I even i thought about it when they you talk about like not experiencing love he does have the moment where he hug little hugs him and he you could see exactly. like that dawning on his that face.
0: moment again that there was not scripted and we're at this moment where they had this fun thing and they opened this thing and i was like let's give it one moment like he had this moment where like he's, he feels he's like you know i i build this cave by myself i don't experience love and everything and then and then Lilby feels alone and he walks up to him and just have this hug and have this kid say, I love you. I love you, uncle Jacob. It's just it's like, and just John's reaction, which is like a genuine reaction. Like, you know, I was like, it, you know, most of acting is reacting. So I, mm-hmm. I throw a lot of stuff at people like say this to him, say that to that, you know, and I, and that was not planned. And it's just like, Whoa, he, it took him by surprise. Also, Leo, uh, our young actor playing Lil B, is so good and so genuine. I really loved him. Just to have this little kid hug you. And John felt, you know, and he was in Jacob mode. So he was like, whoa, uh, a yeah. hug from a kid. Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling. And then, you know, I love you. And he just like goes and relaxes. And you see him like, I felt, that was like, that was 50% Jacob, 50% John Cena. <laughs> it's
2: beautiful. It works really well. Yeah, it, I mean the, it's so touching, and then but my favorite moment of probably that whole sequence is then when when Dante's reaction to to Uncle Muscle uh, dying first making the, the joke and then make, I'm, I mean, but like heartbreaking, yeah, truly heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah,
0: yeah, says, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's a tough moment. Uh, we hesitated in moving this back and uh, move this out of the moment just to just to feel the moment, but I needed to undercut that. Tech. Dante is this. You want to hate him, but you want to hate him also through comedy, through moments of like you like you go like, oh it's cringy, but it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like you love to hate him. And and that was our moment to bring back into the action, because you'll go straight back into the action, you know. So yeah, I mean it's uh, you know, these are these are these are tough sort of like when you direct these movies, you have to do like really like hairpin turns. <laughs> tone-wise, like really quickly. And they're, they're very, t- they're, they're tough too. But you, you, you can only accomplish them if, with this amazing cast. It's not, it's not about the words, not about the camera moves. It's really about the acting. And, the, and they really give me everything.
2: I mean, you, you might have cut this cast in half if we're to believe that, that plane crash that we get. <laughs> uh, I kind of just want to, you know, I'm sure you're not going to give us much. You want us to be surprised. But... I mean, is it your hope that we assume, you know, Ramsey, Roman, Tej, and Han are all gone? I mean, that, that'd be a tough secret to keep for the next two years, like hiding Tyrese and Ludacris every time they try to go to set. So kind of what did you want people to walk away from uh, with, with that crash and kind of their expectations?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the plane went down. You saw it. The plane, the plane went down. It's, you, you, it's, it's, the camera doesn't cut. You know, you stay on that plane and it goes down and you, say, you see it going down, you know. And it blows up. So yeah.
2: All right. Sorry, Tyrese and Ludacris, you're you're out of the job. <laughs> uh, look look for the next franchise. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll get we'll finally get that Tez and Roman uh, prequel. Maybe now that'll that'll be uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. that'll be what they <laughs> can
3: yeah. do. Um, on back to Dante, like one word that kind of kept coming to mind talking about the balance between humor and also his villainy is just like a real like dastardly. Type of character, which, you know, fast, like a lot of the villains are really serious and really foreboding, but he gets to lean into the humor in a way that others haven't as much. And um, he, like Jason Momoa, does a wonderful job doing that. And I know you said that you talked, like you and Vin talked every day about the characters and what those dynamics are and where they're going. When you had conversations about Dante, and then like the dynamic between Dom and Dante, like how how did that get shaped? How did you figure out like how far Dante could go with how theatrical and humorous he is, and and bouncing off Dom? Like how did that come together?
0: You mean Vin, with Vin or in general uh, uh, the conversations? Yeah, with,
3: with Vin, uh, but yeah. also in general, I guess.
0: I, I mean with Vin. Vin is is Vin will care about everyone uh, comfort and you know artistic uh, you know sort of like you know feel like they're fully artistically uh, listened to before he'll think about himself so he wanted to make sure that jason was happy comfortable uh f- uh fully experiencing um the the franchise and 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 accomplishing what he wanted to do so at carte blanche with vin uh with jason uh, there was a lot of like trust that needed to, ha- you know, that 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 became, you know, instantaneous because we needed to we need to realize he need to realize that he could play but also that it would be protected in the cutting room that I would not do stuff that would be foolish or find the tone because so the tone is uh, yeah as you say it's like dastardly, so you just have to be careful that you don't go like too crazy and and you know uh not threatening enough or too threatening not crazy enough or or just just fake you know ultimately like you have to believe in this character as as very the is um uh, as he is so we we just we uh so yeah so so that was that, and that trust uh, arrived very quickly instantaneously, and we uh we love playing with each other like off of each other, making each other's la- uh, each other laugh Re- like I love, I love having, as I told you, like having actors react and not act. So I was like, say this to him, like, you know, call him a butthole when you throw the, you know, I was like, do this. Like, oh, I wanted to see this. I was like, oh, what will Dom Toretto do knowing that, that he can pulverize this guy, but knowing that if he does, he doesn't get, that there's something deeper uh, afloat. Like there's some something that just is like, there's, there. He needs to understand the full plan of this maniac. If he just takes him out, he knows that that guy has plan B, plan C, plan, you know, it's just like, a, you know, he's, sm- he's too smart to be, to expose himself and just want Tom Torado to kill him. He knows that there's a, you know, there's a, so, so I was, I was pushing these buttons and pushing Vin's, Vin's buttons, but also having Vin tempt, you know, sort of like, and go in Jason's face and go, yeah. Like, was was great and it worked really well and they loved this interaction the two of them, absolutely loved it. Um, same thing with like you know everybody's an amazing actor so it's like they're you know they're they're like the Rolls Royces of yeah so it's like so comfortable to to direct them you're like say this and then instantly somebody you know if it's Jason and, and Charlize, they pick stuff out of each other. And then, so he becomes very juicy. Vin and, you know, Jason, Jason or anyone else. Or frankly, Jason alone, like, you know, <laughs> as you say, like, you know, you, you refer to the the two tech guys that he the poor guy yeah. tortures, you know, strings along and tortures. He just, he had a good, he had a fun time with like two extras and just like that, that you know, <laughs> weren't allowed to say anything. And we're like, you know, he's just like, you know, just like, saying the craziest stuff just to get a, a rise out of them and just to see their eyes. And, you know, they were like, sometimes they were like cracking up these guys because Jason was like crazy. It's like, just that nail painting scene. Just that nail, nail painting scene was just like, you know, was the craziest days I've ever been, I've ever done on any film shoot ever.
3: Yeah, it's it's both, like, really funny, but also, like, really speaks to how unsettling he is, too. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a great encapsulation of just how crazy this man is. is insane. The
0: man <laughs> is insane. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, frankly, Jason brings so much. And Jason is amazing because he can go, like, full crazy and then come back to, like... I, I love method actors, but, you know, sometimes it's hard, you know, you have to sort of, like find your way into, you know, into the tunnels to the mine here. It's just like I'd like this amazing performance and then, and cut. And then he comes back. I was like, so what do you think? Let's look at the video together. Let's look at the playback. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can do this. Okay. What do you think? Okay. Let's go back. And so he's so comfortable, so easy. Also he's like, he's an actor. He's a director. He, he knows where the camera, you know, he dances with the camera so well he, he knows the cutting, cutting pattern. So he gives me like, series of the same thing so i'm like it's so easy it's so easy to edit jason momoa just, i just love him man.
2: that's incredible obviously the the end of f9 you know reunites you know sha and han and you have maybe like certain expectations about how that interaction is going to go and then you kind of completely flip those like you you would think that you know sha is the one that's like oh hey sorry man and like you know han's mad but the complete opposite you know sha's ready ready to fight kind of uh why did you like taking in that direction and was that it was it basically that like flipping what people would assume uh that
0: reunion would look like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're expecting justice for Hans. It's gonna be a nice sort of like you know a, a pint at the pub. Nah. 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 It's not. No. Nah, it's not. And then Shaw is Shaw. And you know, frankly, Jason Statham is just in Statham. It's not going to be. Yeah. 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 I'm like. Yeah. You know, I'm like. Nah. Nah. It. It. it you, know, you. You come to my door. Uh. You know. There's gonna be. There's gonna be trouble. So. Um. And then you. We. We go. We go at it. And it, it's. Uh. It's. 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 it's great for them it's great for us the filmmakers and hopefully it's great for the fans it's just like it's what you've been with. like it's the, the that 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 pressure cooker that's been building for many movies that's just exploding in this one
3: ahead of this film um coming out daniela's character uh, isabel yeah. was like described as being really important and then we find out of course that she's elena's sister um how did or, or I guess why was it important to really take that moment to connect those dots? like we, we're back in Rio. It could be focused mostly on what happened with uh, the villains and with Dante's character, but then we do have this really like great family connection again, too. Um, how did you guys talk about bringing that in and and why it was important to actually give that space to Elena's memory yeah. too?
0: No, she, 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 she's important this way, but also obviously for the obvious reasons. The Elena connection. She's also important because she brings us back to the street racing. The fact is, she's a street racer, and then within this family, you know, there's the fact that that uh, Elena fell in love with with Dom, and knowing that his sister was like you know, the sort answer of like a burgeoning. Uh, street racer and then dom is the god of street racing it's just as something that 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 you understand you almost like post-mortem understand elena much more uh and and that made sense and then there's some surprises <laughs> We'll we looking forward to those? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the elbow. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I was gonna say one elbow moment where it's not like this crazy action scene or like something was, and not. I don't think everyone will will spot it, but I clocked Meta Walker immediately when she that showed amazing. up on screen, and I was very excited. And like for those who don't know, like obviously that's Paul's daughter, and she's remained like a close part of this family over the years. Like, how did that? come about? And was that a pretty emotional day on set? Maybe not even like sad emotions, but just kind of touching and, and sentimental to have her working on a fast movie.
0: Yes, absolutely. That that, that predated me. We, I think they, they spoke about it. And and so, you know, Meadow had never acted before. She's an amazing uh, model, but she'd never acted before. And she was very, very stressed to act. come to the, this, fam- this uh, franchise with this family that that mattered so much. And that she's part of, as you said, like, you know, uh, Vin walked her down the aisle. I mean, you know, there's some, there's some, there really um, there, there's some important moments in their private lives. So to be able to bring her into this franchise and then, and, and then also like watch her become an actress take after take. Like she really, at first, she was like really stressed and, and also, me i'm terrible i'm like giving her the worst like handling te- props really hot <laughs> props like mini mini bottles and a key and pushing a like a cart, like like experienced actors and doing the same thing over and over again i was like terrified and then our ed uh vincent was smart he was like oh let's 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 sort of like tie or uh, glue them together so they stay together so i was like oh yeah great great idea actually that was our camera operator anyway we we just realized and we just like we helped each other and that was great and and at the end she was like really she, like you felt the sense of relief and there was like you know it's very i never i was never lucky enough to meet paul but since i've been on this movie there 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 are signs of paul walker everywhere you see and 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 we we actually refer to him directly or in very much indirectly uh, many, many times in the movie, uh, 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 there's a very emotional scene where you know Daniela and and Vin are talking, and and it's it's Dom talking about Tom. It's Va- Dom and uh, and Isabel talking about something, and it's Vin and Daniela talking about something else. So you can read this scene, in, uh, you know, on a dual level, and that's really a beautiful scene. And we, you know, and Vin allowed me to. Capture this emotion that is you know held back, and then like yesterday I was in our you know Dennis McCarthy, our car uh, um, uh, person, uh, his shop, and then I walk around and here's the white sup- Supra you know that's right here looking you know watch yeah like you it's it's ever like like Paul is looking at us like really you feel his presence on set like you really you feel it, and um and in the cutting room like you know going through the, that footage and going through dailies and and getting to see, so obviously you see Brian between, you know, action and cut, but you also see Paul before where they start rolling before the slate and after they call cut. And it's really emotional. Like I got to, I got to experience to live with Paul a little bit, you know, uh, vicariously through through this movie and Meadow. And, you know, I met Louis, her husband and Jill. It's just like I I I yeah I uh, he matters so much to everyone and so so he's missed and and yeah so we wanted to pay homage.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You talked to I've interviewed so many people over the years about him and even if they had one scene with him they literally unprompted just kind of talk about what a great down-to-earth guy he was. So it's always nice where we can get little
0: He was so real. I mean what yeah. you can see what I can see and analyze from the footage is that he, there's, there's, there's truth. Like you know, Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor. There was that, that truth. Like you, you sense it. Like you sense, you look, you, you see his soul in his eyes. Like there's something really beautiful. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Louis, thanks again for chatting. I mean, we're, we're already going to just preemptively book you for the next movie. We got to have you back. Because uh, then, then you can't tease surprises because that it's, 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 that's the end. You know what I mean? We yeah. have, you have to talk about it. There will be no more <laughs> teasing at that point, right?
0: Uh, right.
3: <laughs> never say never, I guess. <laughs> I,
2: I, you, you might need to be there when I watch Fast uh, you know, 11 for yeah. the first time. So I could I elbow you.
0: I'm never, the next time you watch a fast movie, I'm with you. Like, remind me <laughs> to be with you.
2: I did. S- sign us up. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. Absolutely. Thanks again, Louis. We, th- we
1: appreciate you all much. the time you've
0: taken. Bye, Bye, Bye Derek.
1: Calvary's here. Uh-oh. It's showtime. Cute, Tiny Tej. Tiny Tej? <laughs> no, no, no. We never agreed on that.
4: I'd stay down if I was you. You'll need to hit me harder for that.
2: Thank you again to Louis, Sung, and John for joining us on this ride. And Louis, we're definitely holding you to your commitment of watching the next Fast movie with us. Oh, we'll be there. Like that has to be done. He he's begging for me to be elbowing him <laughs> yeah. throughout the movie. He asked for it. <laughs> um, but until then, Chanel, let's hand out some awards, shall we? What's first up?
3: All right, we're taking it back to the classics. If you listen to the previous episode, so as Brian said in Fast One. If I win, I take the money and the respect. To some people, that's more important. Well, while we eventually, well, while he eventually won Dom's respect, who won our respect in this film?
2: Oh, man. So many options. I mean, go, hey, there's a million characters and a million cast members. So <laughs> yeah. um, you could go all over the place. To me, you know, some initial, you know, uh, options and obvious picks are Louis right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Because this guy comes in as we talked about a little bit with him he has no prep time this movie is technically already under production yeah. in production they've you know been filming for a week and there's you know he's got to rewrite a third act essentially he's got to do all these things and he pulled it off you know what mm-hmm. i mean like he you know uh he made this really entertaining movie that we enjoyed and we love talking to him about it so not that we didn't respect him before, but right. now we have a whole nother level of respect for him, right
3: yeah, and he could have come in really frazzled and like anxious about it, like that's a tough job to walk into, but his energy is so great, it seems like he had a lot of fun on set. He allowed the other actors and crew to have fun on set, and that's the best you can absolutely do with a movie this big
2: yeah um, who 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 else uh is is in need of getting some respect or deserves our respect
3: uh I think. The other big one is our new villain who's unlike any other villain. Jason Momoa, huge amount of respect, even though he's evil in this film. Um Alan Richson, also. Nice job. Yeah. <laughs> For Jack Reacher. <laughs> Good to have him. And uh Bree Larson, also brand new, comes, helps out the family, gives us that connection to Mr. Nobody, even though we still have no idea where he is.
2: Yeah, I um I'm think Bree, like and I, I've ranted in person to multiple people about this because I feel like when Brie Larson was announced to be in the Fast X cast, they were like, really, Brie Larson? Like, you right. know, you're an Oscar winner. You're this, you're that. You know, why aren't you off leading your own thing or doing some, you know, A24 drama or whatever? I'm like, Brie Larson clearly loves these movies. Mm-hmm. She sees an opportunity to work with Vin Diesel, work with Jason Momoa, you know, maybe hopefully work with Kurt Russell yeah. in the near future. Please. Like, Yes, do that. Why would you not? And A, how much time did this take for her to film? You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's not that big a commitment when there's so many other cast members. So a lot of respect uh to Bree Larson. You mentioned Jack Reacher, aka Alan Richson. Uh, he's giving a very uh good performance here, especially like it's not easy to come in. As I've been as I told you, I see some uh, some Lou Cobbs yeah. in him. So that's tough, especially in Brazil. Mm-hmm. You're basically doing a version of Lou Cobbs almost. Like right. that's that's a big ask. Um, but speaking of Lou Cobbs. I feel like the, the number one answer... The
3: real answer.
2: ...has to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Oh, right? yeah.
3: The, the biggest surprise... I mean, we were both surprised, obviously, by Gal Gadot coming back, but who could have anticipated <laughs> that Dwayne The Rock Johnson would come back to this franchise after, of course, all the things that we've heard um, about the relationship between him and Vin and the other family? Like, drama, sure. But at the end of the day, he's here. He's ready to take us on another adventure. And I'm excited about
2: it. And this guy, he literally, as the last time I believe he was asked if he would come back, which Vin publicly asked him to do, he said, no chance. He said, no chance. Yeah. Said, no chance. <laughs> um, and it wasn't like he left it at that. He he said a lot more than that. So you had to assume, okay, he's just, is, is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do it. And so much so where I, you know, I was figuring out what do I want to write about with Fast coming up? You know me, I'm like, oh, Fast is on the calendar. Yeah. A year out, I'm looking to what I want, what coming up with ideas. And one of the ideas... Um, that was greenlit and that people were into was me essentially the headline was Dwayne, it's time to come home. Like that <laughs> yeah. was, and it was gonna be a whole thing. Me basically begging yeah, please. Dwayne to come back to fast because that Hobbs and Dom dynamic is just so electric. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've missed that in the last couple of movies. We still love the last couple of movies, but like that, uh, there was just a a, a sizzling chemistry and like an energy. Anytime those two were on screen together.
3: Yeah. And I feel like knowing that this movie was going to reference Fast Five, that showdown between them is so iconic at this point that it's like kind of a bummer if you think, oh, we're going to have all these callbacks and then never see him. Uh, But to know that, oh, oh wait, we've got some hope now. It was really, really nice.
2: Yeah. So you have to just tip your cap to him for, you know, who knows what the conversations were behind the scenes and, you know, making this happen. But uh, Good for him for, for being like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come back. the You know, the fans deserve it. The fans want it. Like, let's, you know, close this thing out together. Now, how much Hobbs and Dom will we get together, you right. know, in the next film? Who knows? But for now, yeah. we could be just very excited <laughs> that it's back on the table.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: um All right. So the, a lot of people are in respect there, but we'll go with The Rock as the number one choice. Now going to quote of the week. I think there's some good ones. Mm-hmm. I think there's some good ones. Um, maybe it's, it's a little tougher. There's so much action in these movies now that like, you really got to get your bang for your buck when you throw in a a, a, right. a funny line or two. So, you know, maybe it's not the funniest fast movie we've ever had. Oh, I get, I shouldn't say that because everything Jason Momoa does <laughs> hilarious. is hilarious <laughs> and insane. And I am obsessed with it. So I, I take back exactly what I said because Jason Momoa is on one and the, mm-hmm. he alone is the funniest fast movie we ever had. had. <laughs> But, you know, outside of that, it's tough for everyone to find the space for the comedy. But what were maybe some of your favorite uh, quotes or one-liners from Fast X?
3: Uh, Well, actually, on Dante, really quick, one early one that he has that I think really sets the tone for his character is when they're in Rome and he says, what should we blow up next? The Vatican? Okay, I'll do it. You guys are going to hell. Like. (laughs) perfect encapsulation of what his whole vibe is where he pretends that he's buddies with everybody but also is the scariest person at all times.
2: Yeah, some of his best lines are him talking to other people but not really. Right. Like, yes. no one actually answering because I love that one because because he, he's basically, he's asking them but they don't respond and he's not looking for a response. And it, the same way when uh Jacob dies, you know, due to this whole showdown with Dante and, you know, it's this really sad moment, right? You're yeah. Like, oh my God, like, jacob's gone mm-hmm. like, this is dom's brother and he's he says to little b it looks like uncle muscle won't be coming to the next barbecue but he says it like laughing he's like oh man <laughs> yeah. this is so funny that your uncle just died and then like he waits just a beat and then he's like oh but i mean it's very honorable like yeah. he's like uh, backtracks it's just it killed me essentially that literally he had just killed jacob so this should be this sad moment but then they perfectly like kind of undercut that and be like okay but well, we got other stuff we got to do right. so like here's a joke and then we're back on to the next thing
3: mm-hmm. yeah it's like perfectly there are a lot of tonal shifts which louis talked about in our interview um and that's one where they really really make it work it could be something that they draw out or have like a tough time to pivot from but they largely do that line and dante's reaction they're able to just carry it forward really seamlessly
2: yeah and this this was another one for dante it's not necessarily a quote but about halfway through the movie he starts calling Dom, Dommy. Yeah. And I, I I don't know at what point they discovered that or realized that that's something he should do, but it it got me every time. Mm-hmm. Every time he said Dommy, and I love that no one else like acknowledged it in the movie. They weren't like, hey, it was like, my name's Dom right, or right. Dominic, sir. He's like, "Nope, Dommy. He just kept letting <laughs> Dommy <laughs> slide. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was a beautiful one. He tries to get away with so much. Not in in that same vein. I like every time that Dante actively acknowledges like how crazy or good someone is, which no other villain ever does. <laughs> like even the family, there's like that one moment in F9 where uh, Roman is like, how do we keep doing all this? But nobody else. And he's just like, wow, you're so good. That was the uh, the part in Rome where Letty takes the motorcycle and jumps over the clothesline where he's just like, bravo. <laughs> it's amazing to me.
2: Yeah, it was good. And I guess uh, some shout outs to some people that maybe I wouldn't have expected some some great one liners, some great lines for. Um Scott Eastwood's back as Little Nobody, yeah. and we have the fun little joke at the top of the you know the opening barbecue where they set up uh, Han with a dating profile and it instantly blowing up. He's getting all of these you know uh, hits and matches, and then when uh, when Little Nobody and Dom and Letty are having a tough time getting in, in touch with the rest of the team in Rome. He's, he's, he says, I I even tried swiping right on Han, Han's dating app, which I got <laughs> yeah. a, a great kick out of. But maybe my favorite one. And, you know, we've mentioned Alan Richson a few times who debuts as Ames, who's the new head of the agency. Mm-hmm. And he his first scene is also Brie Larson's first scene playing Tess. And... They're kind of giving an overview. It's almost like a recap if you haven't seen these movies, yeah. essentially, right? And he's, you know, being like, oh, this is what they've done, the damage they left behind, the cops they've corrupted, blah, blah, blah. And he says, everyone becomes family. It's like a cult with cars. <laughs> yeah. And like that, It's on paper, that's not, it's like not the, the most inventive or craziest line, but like- the way he delivers it, mm-hmm. and then just the the part of how true it is, really, yeah, yeah. is just like perfectly meta. And I know when we went and watched it, like everyone cracked up, yeah, at, at that one. And
3: we saw that with journalists who try not to laugh at anything, <laughs> um, but everybody reacted both times. So yeah, that's great.
2: <laughs> so that might be my my uh, my pick. What is there one that you're leaning towards as the, as the best quote?
3: I think it might be the the line about Uncle Muscle after the death because. It's so outrageous. It's like wild that he's like that joyful in front of a child who just like knows his uncle just died. <laughs> um, but then to do it with such glee and humor, it's perfect in that moment. It makes the audience laugh, too, even though we're also slightly devastated by what we just saw. Um, and so I, I think you can't really beat that.
2: <laughs> no, that I that was such an incredible moment. I I I lost it. Again, you <laughs> yeah. should be like sad, but you're like, oh, my God, that the, how did they just pull that off that they <laughs> yeah. that he could do that? Uh, and that, that leads us right in the next category because which Oscar should fast X be nominated for? And, you know, we'll be the first ones to admit with some of these movies, you're like, you know, maybe like, Oh, I don't know. Is this, we're like, we're kind of, uh, bending the rules or be like, Oh, like it's really stretching, yeah. you know, the idea of what would be nominated for an Oscar, even though I still contend, like when we did the first movie,
4: mm-hmm.
2: like you could, have, you could have said that Vin should have been nominated for Best Actor. I was yeah. just talking to someone about this recently, too, because Denzel wins that year for Training Day, which right. obviously Denzel's incredible. But like, is Training Day that much different a movie than The Fast and the Furious? And are those performances that much different? I don't think so. No. So, so I, I you know, this started from a place where we were we, yeah. honestly like, I think these movies should have had, you know, been in the Oscar debate.
3: Yeah, I I, I feel like, too, the franchise doesn't get as big as it. Is without people really latching on to Vin as Dom. And like that all happens, you know, even the way he's revealed in that first movie, it's like, oh, there's Dom, even though we haven't met this person yes. yet. Um, and that's kind of the impression that he leaves as a character throughout the rest of the franchise. And, you know, that's really important. And it doesn't work if he doesn't establish that really well in that first movie. Um, which he does. He seems super cool. You <laughs> wanna know what he's gonna do next. And then we followed him for twenty years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you know, we could say, uh I mean, see you again was from Furious Seven was just Rob. That's that's yeah. criminal that that didn't win an oscar mm-hmm. um but now we're at a point here with the fast x that to me it's never gonna happen jason momoa for best supporting oh, actor
3: it should happen it won't but it absolutely should
2: like come on <laughs> come on i know Supporting actors are usually a pretty stacked category just because of the you know uh there's a lot of big names usually in it or you'll have like a breakout of someone that we've never seen before that people get excited about but Momoa, and I don't have, like, I'm a Game of Thrones viewer, so I liked, you know, obviously, you know, it's like, oh, hey, cool, he put Khal Drogo on Game of Thrones. But, like, we weren't, like, in love with that character. It's only one season, too. And then Aquaman, I mean, Aquaman's okay. Like, I'm not really, you know, have some big attachment to that character. So I was like, oh, he seems like a cool guy. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I wasn't some diehard Momoa head. Right. But now? Yeah.
3: This is incredible. Like, I can't pretend that I've seen everything he's ever done. But I feel like in general, like, he gets to have some humor as Aquaman, some one-liners. But I have never seen him get to do a role like this where he just gets to be as broad as he wants to be. Um, And he does it so well. Like, he absolutely steals this movie. uh, And in a way that it's unexpected, absolutely delightful. I feel like he should get a nomination for the Oscar. But even if he doesn't, give him the (laughs) Award.
2: Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Actors should respect at least what he does. I, um, after we saw the first, we we saw the movie, um, we weren't allowed to, you know, say anything or, you know, tweet anything, whatever. When the embargo went up for just reactions, I tweeted one word, MOMOA, all caps, (laughs) period. And also that's, that's what every text I sent about Fast X was. So much so my phone, if I try to type text MOMOA, it auto caps. -caps. (laughs) I cannot send a lowercase MOMOA text anymore. (laughs) And I love that, you know, they do those, uh, you know, they'll do a lot of sites, you know, we'll do, oh, first reactions to Fast X, praise, blah, 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 blah. I just happen to be like, oh, what are people thinking? And I saw one, you know, headline, forget what the outlet was. And they're like, oh, you know, people are praising Jason Momoa's performance. I click in, I'm scanning through. My tweet was in there of just (laughs) MOMOA, all caps, period. It said everything needed to be said. It did. (laughs) And I was, when we went to see it again the other day, we were, you know, I was sitting with a couple, you know, friends and colleagues of ours and I was like, should we make shirts? Just MOMOA, period. Oh,
3: please. Like,
2: (laughs) I would wear the hell out of that, (laughs) right? Like, Uh we might need a, I don't even, I'll, I'll do it for For charity purposes, I'll sell them. I don't know. I just, people need (laughs) Momoa, all caps, period shirt. That's how good he is. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad. I mean, it's obviously he's going to be in the next movie. Like he, you know, he has to be. We didn't leave on some like, oh, is he dead? Or is he going to be part of the family, you know, type thing? Like we did with, you know, Jacob in the last movie. It's like, no, he's the big bad to close out this franchise. And then now, you know, imagine, man, him and Vin were good opposite each other. Imagine what if The Rock comes back mm-hmm. and The Rock's locked in and taps into what he did with Hobbs in the early days. Yeah, imagine those oh, scenes. Yeah. Like, man, essentially, I need The Rock to come back just drenched in sweat. <laughs> yeah, he needs to exactly. dump buckets <laughs> of water on himself. Get him back in that fast <laughs> five mindset. And like, man, the Momoa and Rock showdown. Oh,
3: it would be so good, especially because like the humor, the one-liners that they have are very different but so incisive to Watching them spar physically and also verbally, incredible.
2: <laughs> yes, I. Oh my god! So the FYC for Jason Momoa Fast X starts here and it ends when he's up on that stage in March 2024, yeah. accepting that trophy. And it'll be worth it. We don't even want pay. We're just 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 to to see that become a reality is all <laughs> right. we need.
4: Please,
3: we deserve it.
2: <laughs> there's no. There's. I don't know how you segue out of. I could talk about Momoa as Dante for this whole episode, maybe a whole, s- maybe that's the series. We start with some King. Yeah. Just talking about Jason Momoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, just <laughs> like, Sung. what are, any new Momoa thoughts this <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> week? Um, but we should move on. The next category are we hungry moment of the week, which I, w- I should say, I'm disappointed. We didn't get a we hungry. No. Out of, out of Roman, out of anybody. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, when these uh, nominees will, will, I think are both Han related. Yeah. Um, you know, so we always have him to rely on with our snacks. But no, we hungry call- callback. A little bit of a disappointment, right? Mm-hmm.
3: I think the closest that you get, and it's not verbal at all, is just that moment at the top where uh, Roman starts to eat before Grace is finished. And then they sort of like slap his hand about that. That's all you get. Like you don't even get a lot of eating moments from the character who that line is from. Uh, but but the the moments with Han are good. They're, they're two really nice ones.
2: Yeah, well, we get... Um... Hit, the snacks obviously had to be a big part of the the yeah. Han in Shaw you know fight mm-hmm. you know reunion. Um, I feel Han didn't want it. It's funny Han didn't want to fight over Shaw trying to kill him, right? But the snacks that's <laughs> yeah. what got him. <laughs> he you, ruined you, you, you ruined my snacks. All right, now we're brawling. <laughs> yeah. So there's that, and then Han. You know, have we you know Han eating Pete Davidson of all people's <laughs> yeah. fun special muffins? I you know uh, i have still. <laughs> Unclear why Pete Davidson was in this movie, but so random. (laughs) I got I I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it and I really enjoyed Han just staring down at this muffin. And how quickly, you know, I don't do a lot of drugs, but that thing kicked in quickly. (laughs) He was tripping fast.
4: (laughs) but he, he wasn't
2: furious he was but yeah. it did trip he did trip very fast he had
3: only eaten literally the top piece and then suddenly he was hallucinating
2: and then he was all good though like <laughs> right. I don't think it was that far a walk over to Shaw's hideout <laughs> right. so like he was all set for this reunion Um, and uh, wasn't wasn't feeling the ramifications of that fun yeah. muffin anymore
3: when, I guess because he stopped eating it as soon as he felt it but yeah it was very quick and that's also I think the only moment we see Roman turn down food because he even tells like Han like makes the gesture like don't eat that.
2: <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. Even he decided, no, <laughs> yeah, we're, not we're hungry, that. but no, we're not touching that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think, I mean, Han just, you know, is, should always win at this point the, uh, the We Hungry mm-hmm. uh, Award. Um, this next one, this is, this is a new one. I don't think yeah. we've ever had this one, but I, I think I yelled, just kiss. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: uh, maybe a couple times throughout the movie, but there was one scene specifically that inspired this. And then you had another great one. <laughs> yeah. So we're adding the Just Kiss Award. For me, where I was really feeling it, feeling the heat, Dom and Queenie. Yeah, I mean they're in they're in Rome of all yeah. places. I know it just got you know blown up. Still a very romantic place, mm-hmm. especially the view they had. Oh my god, and just the chemistry between Vin and Dame sizzling. Yeah, which we've talked about when we had. Helen Mirren on on the podcast, yep. which she I don't she might have thought we weren't even recording. I don't know what she thought she was doing. She was, was like doing.
3: it's a regular junket, but <laughs> she
2: I think she was ready to uh, to pr- proclaim her. She she basically said she had a crush on mm-hmm. Vin, on Vin Diesel, and I feel like it's a two way street because anytime they're on screen together, I'm just like this is yeah this is something. There's, There's something here.
4: It's
3: so rare to see Dom like feel kind of. Like flirty almost, and every time he's around uh, Queenie, all of a sudden it's like a very flirty, like loose chemistry. And I think that's just because Vin and Helen Mirren have that chemistry. It's not really intended, but it is palpable.
2: <laughs> yeah, because even if you watch like behind the scenes videos or like just like they'll, you know, Vin posting an uh, Instagram video of them together, like in real life, they have that. Yeah. There, there's there is something between them. So you know, and it's tough. I love Letty. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to see Letty feel any pain. I don't want to break up a a marriage.
3: Exactly.
2: But man, if I'm (laughs) ever gonna be a you know fan of infidelity. It would be a kiss <laughs> between Dom and Queenie. Yeah. So I, I'm given the green light for that in Fast X Part Two, even if it's like a uh, oh we'll never see each other again type right, kiss. Right. We just goodbye. we just need to see a little kiss, a little peck. They
3: deserve it. Um.
2: But where did you you had a great one that I was not prepared for, but now I'm in love with as well. <laughs> yeah.
3: So it's literally because of one line. But my unexpected answer for all the people into fan fiction is Dante and Ames. We don't even know that they know each other for most of the movie. But then when it's revealed, for some reason, Dante's line is like, you thought that he was like on your side now. Or you think everybody's going to be on your side. But the problem is, he was mine first. That's so possessive. (laughs) Why would you say that like that? And then it makes, you know, they do the flashback to show you that that beginning scene was actually Ames the whole time in there with him. And he's like, this is after a great start to our partnership and stuff. So I'm like, okay, Dante, who is in the movie called a sociopath somehow has been in a partnership with this man for 10 years. What's up there? He has literally no friends, but him and Ames buddies together in sync. So that's my thought
2: (laughs) there. I could see it. You know, we don't get much of a, the personal life of either of them. No. So maybe they, maybe they have built a nice life together. Mm -hmm. We, we don't know that. Um, and I, so I'd be all, all for that in fast X part two. All right. So we've come to our two wishes are that we get a kiss between Dom and Queenie. And we get the reveal that Ames and Dante have just been shacked up together, <laughs> yeah. living in Brazil. Maybe they're in that uh, abandoned police. Exactly. State. Maybe they never left. Remember, we right. see them. That's the first time where they're actually right. seen together. Uh, maybe they just uh, set up a nice home, mm-hmm. has some psycho kids, nice you know,
3: villainous power couple. Yeah,
2: I, I would love that for them. <laughs> um, and that w- that would be a heat check, you know. So we'll see if that's going to win biggest heat check of Fast X Part yeah. Two if that becomes a reality, but. I mean, as these movies go, we probably there's more and more heat checks. I feel mm-hmm. like we could have, you know, Fast One, Fast Two, Fast Three. We probably had like, oh, maybe there's two nominees, three right. tops. I mean, we could have probably come up with like ten for biggest heat check mm-hmm. here. Um, I think there's, I mean, right off the bat, we just have to acknowledge everything Momoa does yeah. is a heat check. I, my, I've been telling everyone, I can't believe that him and just the movie in general got away with his performance in like a $300 million blockbuster. Yeah. Like that no one was like, nah, this is too weird.
4: Right. Right. Like right. we're trying
2: to get, you know, billions of people around the world to watch this movie. I I think he goes too far. Nope. They, I mean, they're literally him. He's licking a bloody knife. He's mm-hmm. calling Dom a butthole. He's uh, <laughs> making cocktails for dead guys, <laughs> yeah. but he, he has nail polish and scrunchies <laughs> no matter the outfit and they're matching, you yeah. know, like he's, Oh, he's, you gotta give him credit for that. I'm, I'm jealous of his style. Um, so just a heat check just across the board for, uh, Momoa's performance.
3: Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess we can say like, unfortunately we didn't get to talk to him because he is a very busy man making something else right now. So, uh, I would love to just hear him talk about like crafting that character and how it comes together because it's so unlike any type of character and especially any type of villain that we've seen in the Fast movie so far, his purple on purple on purple car fit with his like... Like granny glasses with the little clips, everything so good. What he does, uh, hilarious and scary. And I mean, you are in a movie with Vin Diesel as Dom Toretto, and like you're like owning the screen. Like when does that happen? But they really just let him go wild.
2: I, I once once we're told he you know he wasn't gonna be able to do the pod because of everything. He's down in New Zealand, busy. I, th- I looked up flights to New Zealand. I was ready to, <laughs> yeah. to send me, you, and Sammy down there. Like, that's how obsessed I was with this performance. Yeah. I was like, we'll pay our own way to, to go get five minutes with Momoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, I bet he'd be, I bet he would love a Momoa all caps period t-shirt. He would
4: be so down. So maybe I'll just make it and <laughs> yeah. I'll
2: send it. And then maybe, maybe we'll belatedly right. get a Momoa interview. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll do a special episode uh, down the road. Uh, a couple other ones we had to say, this one I'm kind of torn on because there's, so much of it, and you know, I don't know how much we need of it. They really triple down on the agency. Oh, yeah. uh, That's become like central to Fast Lore, mm-hmm. which again, right, it starts in Furious Seven. Um, you know, Kurt Russell shows up as Mister Nobody. You're like, oh, the Kurt, Kurt Russell, love Kurt Russell. Yeah. A little, you know. Obviously, you got to get the government involved. You know, at this point, we're doing such crazy stuff. Um, and then you know, Fast Eight, we're getting you know Scott Eastwood in the mix as Little Nobody. Yep. And, you know, they've got all the, you know, that that big warehouse and all those cars at their disposal. Okay. Nine, the The agency was was and Mr. Nobody were running Giselle. Mm-hmm. And then now they're running Han. And they're, you know, the reason Han faked his death, blah, blah, blah. And then here it's like, oh no, you thought you were getting a good amount of agency. Yeah. Like we're going to bring in Tess. We're going to bring in Ames. Little Nobody's back. Um, we have, you know, a big screen with all these, uh, Faces that you can't see that are voting on whether to execute <laughs> yeah. uh, Dom and the family. Like, sure. Um, so I'm just kind of surprised that they that that's the direction we've gone on. But again, kind yeah. of a heat check.
3: I, I think especially like particularly bringing back little nobody and then adding the test character. It's like, oh, they, they really want us to, to care about what's going on with the agency, which... Probably didn't expect, <laughs> but I'm curious to see where it goes because we also still don't know a ton about those people. Uh, by design, you know, they they work in secret, uh, but clearly the agency is important. So I, I'm, a, I'm curious to see what else we learn about them.
2: Yeah. And, and you, we could probably say Fast X as a whole is a heat check. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're 10, 11 movies in <laughs> yeah. to The Fast and the Furious in a 20 year span. <laughs> like that alone is a heat check. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give one last heat check shout out to a shout out. We get a nice moment. Uh, early in the movie with Han and Dom alone in the garage and they cheers to Los Bandoleros.
3: Ooh, deep cut.
2: Yeah, it is. that's exactly <laughs> what it is, right? If you, and I know a lot of Fast fans that don't even know that this exists. Mm-hmm. Los Bandoleros is written and directed and starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. It was made as a prequel to Fast 4, essentially to, you know, what what's Dom been up to? Why is he down in the DR you know, a hijacking, you know, gasoline trucks right. with Han. Um, so Sung Kang appears as Han in Los Bandoleros. I think it's like a 20 minute mm-hmm. uh, short film. You can go watch it on YouTube. Um, unlike anything else uh, in the fast, you know, uh, run, but kind of cool in ca- that they did that, um, that they did Los Bandoleros to begin with, but then for Louis to add yeah. that little kind of nod to it. That again, I think, you know, how many people will get that? Probably not that many. <laughs> yeah. Probably not that many. I
3: mean, everybody listening to this podcast, obviously.
2: Yes, everyone. <laughs> everyone. But for me, I was like the Leo meme in What's on Dama Hollywood, like pointing at the screen. Right. Like, oh, Los yeah. Bandoleros. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I know what that is. Um. So I that was cool that they did that, and that's uh. I don't know if that's a heat check, but maybe just like a uh, a little bit of fan service. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's one that I really respect.
3: Yeah, and the way it's done, it gets some. It's like not. A passing line, like they're not doing something else. It literally is a toast, which is really cool. It feels special in that way. Like, yes, yeah, so let's take a moment to nod to our short film that only some people even know exists.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the hey, this guy is in the movie, which I feel like when we started this, it was like, oh, Michael Ealy. Right, he's he's not too fast, and he's now Michael Ealy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that kind of thing. Where now it's like, it's only famous people yeah. in these movies, yeah. right? Um, And the person we probably, I guess, picked as the winner of this is someone we alluded to, Pete Davidson, (laughs) WTF. Sure. Like, I kind of looked at the screen. I was like, hey, it's Pete Davidson. So I guess that it kind of qualifies. Right, right. Um, I would say I miss the days when you would get great character actors Mm -hmm. in these movies. The people that I always think about are uh Cole Hauser in Too Fast. Yeah. Shea Wiggum, who first comes in fast four. I think he's been in like three or four of the movies yeah. now. Um comes back and gets punched in the nose essentially every time. <laughs> or like John Ortiz, who was great. He was the villain of fast four. Right. You know what I mean? That was back when we would have someone of that, you know, caliber of actor who's not a movie star mm-hmm. would get a look like that. Now it's like, oh, what, you know, Oscar winner are they going to bring in? Yeah. You know, and we love that. We love that we get Charlize. We love that we get Momoa, John Cena. Um, but I don't know. I wish there was still a lane for uh some of these character actors to to be in the
4: movie.
3: Yeah. I mean we won't know, I guess, if some of the bit part players end up being bigger in the future until it happens. But even the smaller part players are all like folded into the lore a lot more too. So uh we they probably will appear in future films. Like obviously that'll be not the case when the films end, but we meet characters, and it's like, oh, no, we know because they're constantly tying these threads together, they'll come back. So there are very few surprises where it's like, oh, this one random person who had a great, like, standout scene or whatever, uh, and now they're huge. We don't get that anymore, but um, I, I I feel like, too, what I also missed, because we were talking about Fast Five, um, you're talking about the character actors, and I'm just thinking about people who have been in the franchise in some way, but smaller is, like, the rest of the Fast Five crew, like, you don't see – uh santo and leo
4: what do
2: we think what's what's going on there i'm always <laughs> yeah. like even when we do they they'll pop up in like what fast eight for like right. a cameo very briefly <laughs> yeah. and then i'm not saying i want like a whole plot line mm-hmm. with leo and santo and spending like 20 minutes right. with them at a time But well,
3: where are they yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah it's kind
2: of it's kind of weird <laughs>
3: um and then the other one i i missed who is not a character we have actually seen at this point in his life is being back in rio is where's Nico? Like, Vince's son, where is he at? <laughs> he's a little older than little B, the same age about as Brian's kids, slightly older than them. Where's Nico?
2: <laughs> I, so when we were watching, I don't know if you had the same reaction or thought. So when Dom is leaving Isabel's house in, you know, the barrio or I forget, you know, the Fafellas, yeah. right? And he's walking out and this is right before when Ames starts following him. Yeah. But before we see Ames following him, a woman in the background. Right looks like walks by she's like taking out her trash or something and to me i was like oh wait that's vince's wife or girlfriend or whatever from fast five the mm-hmm. mother of nico i was like oh are we gonna get maybe not a full-on like oh Vin- you know dom goes over and like yeah hey uh, if vince is you know a widow uh, how's right. nico doing but i thought maybe then right behind her it would be a kid that would you know yeah just a, just again, not a little cool. nod a little you know oh hey he, he does have eyes on Nico. Yeah. But yeah. no, he just, uh, I think that was just a lady, you know, <laughs> taking out the trash yeah. and then Ames pots up and, and we're, we keep moving. So yeah I, yeah, I was surprised that we didn't get a, uh, a kind of a, a tie back there. Because again, it was a big thing with with Vince dying in Fast Five and redeeming himself and then, you know, naming Nico after Dominic mm-hmm. Toretto and Dom saying he had his eyes on him. But actually, maybe I sh- now that I'm, you know, saying this. Dom did leave her a lot of money, so she probably wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. still living in the favelas. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, if she was, she either was really into gambling and right. you know, lost all that money or just is, is bad with investing. Somewhere,
3: yeah. But like not even a mention. I think it. I noticed the same person. And I think because later in the movie, like a little, we find out that Isabella is Elena's sister because there's that tie in. I was like, we don't even get like a, like, we don't know where they are at. Not even a like, oh, they left a long time ago or like whatever it is. It was just like a. I kind of missed
2: him. <laughs> yeah. So maybe what uh, what a lister can they bring in a Fast X part two to be Nico Nico comes, Nico's oh revenge. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet <laughs> yeah. is playing a uh, half American half Portuguese <laughs> right. uh, kid from the streets. Yeah. Get Chalamet in here That's what we need. as little Nico. <laughs> yeah. uh, we joke and we're laughing about it and they'll do it. could you see it? <laughs> yeah. could you see it? They'll Vin's it. like I've always liked this this Chalamet kid. Oh yeah. Get him get him on the horn. I got an idea. I was <laughs> right. listening to Binge. Chanel and Derek threw out Chalamet, and I haven't been able Let's to forget do it. it. Yeah. Um but that would that would qualify. I'm really, I feel I we've been gone a while, but I feel like I'm really nailing my transitions. And, you know, that would be a holy shit moment mm-hmm. of the week if Chalamet popped up yeah. as little Nico. <laughs> so we should get to the holy shit moment of the week uh category, which I mean, there's two, right? There, <sighs> yeah. there, I mean, it's two, there's two little moments where we're like holy shit mm-hmm. the and this happened we watched f9 together and we actually realized that i think that we had not seen each other in person yeah. since f9 and we were reunited for fast x right
4: right so it's actually
2: weird maybe we should you know i'm glad to be recording with you in person but maybe we yeah. should just kept the tradition and waited another two years for the next movie but again glad to see you mm-hmm. um but when han showed up at shaw's door in the mid-credit scene of F9. Yeah. There was only, we were in on the universe a lot mm-hmm. in a theater with just me, you, and one other person. And we we both like stood up, we're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I can't believe we're getting this. Yeah. Justice for Han, let's go. <laughs> and not as big a theater this time when we saw it. More people in it. Right. And yet still. Yep. Oh shit. I think I said, oh my God, actually, it was technically <laughs> what I did. Yeah. Because when that submarine pops above the ice. It opens up and you don't immediately see who it is. Mm-hmm. But the minute it opened, I was like, it's gotta be Giselle. It has to it's be. It's gotta be Giselle.
3: Who else would get an entrance like that? Yes.
2: <laughs> and so then I, I was, this would have been the answer to me. But then again, we go back to see a movie, the second, the movie the second time. And I don't know about you. I feel I do know about you. Cause I may have spoiled it for you <laughs> that the news had broken post premiere in Rome that, the Rock was back. yeah, Hobbs. Yeah. And you can attest that I had my suspicions. Mm-hmm. I was starting to like read the tea leaves and be like, oh, I've, 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 I think there's something going on here. Yeah.
3: You did throw it out there. You were like, it it, it could be. And I think I was like, I don't know. Like he said he wasn't going to do it. Though.
2: <laughs> and, and then, you know, it gets kind of spoiled, you know, which I think is lame. I hate that. Like, you know, I think it was like TMZ yeah. reported it. But then that was off of like a, another place. Claiming excuse exclusive, which was funny to me because it's like, oh, I think just like a lot of people just saw the movie, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, and you maybe <laughs> posted it first, but okay. Um, but still, even though we knew it was coming, mm-hmm. that second time when we saw the movie, still, yeah, right. It's like, holy shit, the rocks back, Hobbs is back. Let's go.
3: Yeah, I think especially the way that, how they play it too, where a couple of times they reference like Ray as being smashed by the car, but they never actually show until that end credit, like mid credit scene that anybody even remembers that Luke Hobbs shot Reyes. So for them to do that, it also sort of ties together this piece that kind of is a little bit glossed over. And it's perfect for Dante to be like, oh, no, I have not forgotten about you. (laughs) I'm coming for you next.
2: Yeah, perfectly said by you, because when we didn't think The Rock was coming back or know The Rock was coming back, and we're like, oh, the whole thing of this movie is Dante wants revenge for Dom killing his dad.
4: Yeah.
2: And I'm like, but Dom didn't kill his dad. I mean, he's responsible for sure. Yeah. Like he, you know, stole that safe, you know, uh, put the dad on that bridge. I mean, the dad was in rough shape when he was laying on the ground. Um, but it's Hobbs who walks up and memorably, (laughs) you know, as, uh, Hernan Reyes is asking for help, you know, uh, Hobbs just, you know, says this is for my team and shoots him right in the head. It keeps walking. Like it's nothing to him. (laughs) Um, I kept being like, Oh man, like, We're just going to ignore this. And I knew you kind of, I was like, oh, they kind of have to because The Rock, you know, said he wasn't going to come back. So they kind of, you know, have to pretend. But like, if I wanted to poke a hole, I could. But, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you know the real life circumstances. So then for them to tie back, Mm -hmm. you know, that at the end, it was just, it it was very well done. Like it was, again, I'm sure, I wonder, I feel like that was probably last minute that they got that, that they locked that in. So I, I can't say oh that was always the plan because right. I I doubt that's the case um but it it worked out and uh, it sets up nicely for Fast X and I do worry I hope and we should do it now because we don't want to be I don't want to like rail against uh an idea of something happening and then we being the people that do it like <laughs> we got Giselle's back like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like let's not overlook that and I feel like that's now. Like there was no one breaking the the story out of the premiere that like yeah. gals back. You know what I mean? Right, like people right. were because again, she, you know, she's a big star, probably not the rock level, but also there wasn't the drama uh, surrounding, right? Around, right? I, she wasn't even yeah. Wonder Woman when she got killed you know, mm-hmm. killed off in Fast Six. But like we love Giselle and Han together.
3: So much.
2: And I was and and we talked with Louie about this where I was kind of nervous when the rumors of or the calls to bring Giselle back started Mm -hmm. i'm like man we letty we killed her we brought her back han we just did this the last movie yeah like god i were really messing with um there's no stakes at this point if we're just gonna bring everyone back but then i thought about it and i was like but i like these characters who who care you know what i mean at this point and it it will it does take away a bit from it was such a great scene Mm and moment in fast six when she sacrifices herself Han. Mm-hmm. And now when I rewatch Fast Six, which I just did, and I still contest, as I think we both said to Sung, very underrated, maybe the most underrated of all the Fast movies.
4: Extremely.
3: It has like such a tough job in a way they couldn't have anticipated, right? Like nobody kn- knew what was going to happen with Seven to make that so memorable for people. Um, but Five, obviously lauded as the greatest of the franchise. I mean, it is. Um, so Six kind of in some ways, becomes filler almost, at least in terms of plot, with the exception of bringing back Letty and her like memory loss and stuff. But it's still a lot of fun, and it does have those like really huge emotional beats that really get you and and Han and Giselle is an extremely key part of that. Um, so it is like, oh, I don't want to ruin how I felt then, but also I'm just so excited. And they kind of lucked into a bit the opportunity to do it because of the way that they change things and say, oh, like, you know, Giselle was working for Mr. Nobody, like, and then we know Mr. Nobody is why Han does what he does. So there, it makes some sense, but they do gamble with it by bringing her
2: back. Well, yeah, and I think if we go back, and I did this a little bit, reading and, and listening to some of our interviews uh, back when F9 came out, when we talked to Justin Lin after F9, it was clear that, I think he was setting that up. Mm. with he He... Him and Sung even, I think, and I, Sung said when we asked him about, I think it was about the whole Statham thing. Like, what should we take from this mid-credit scene? And he said, I think one word comes to mind, Giselle, all roads lead to Giselle.
3: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
2: And then even, and and Justin was like, hey, I think there's a whole movie with Han and Giselle and Mr. Nobody. So I feel like this was the plan Mm -hmm. on their end, at least. Maybe they didn't have Gal like locked in to do it. But Um, they planted the seeds. Yeah, exactly. So- I give them credit there and I mean we'll have to see how it plays out going into the next one but if we kick off Fast X part 2 and we have Gal, Charlize and Michelle, oh my god, just hanging out together <laughs> yeah. like that's a, that's the spin-off. They keep mm-hmm. saying they're going to give you a female-centered spin-off right there. You I have did. it. Like I would just give them their own movie. Like I'll, you know I don't even need Please. That in Fast X Part 2, because there's already so much going on. Yeah. I'll take a whole movie of just that.
3: Exactly. I need to know what adventures they're going on. Um, th- Like, three characters who come from, like, they're not characters who have known each other the whole time, and yet their impact on the franchise is so big, too. Uh, Fans love them, and they're all just so badass. <laughs> that would be a great time. So I hope we do get that off.
2: Yes. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, we would be the first ones in line for that. Um, all right, finally, I mean, thanks for bearing with us. I don't know who knows what this runtime is going to be, but (laughs) I don't care. Hopefully I, you know what, at this point, I hope we run longer than fast X does like that, (laughs) but there's so much to talk about. And, you know, I'm so excited for us to be back and talking about fast and furious, but the most important category, the biggest category winnings, winning, as we all know. So who was the ultimate winner of fast X? I feel like we have our answer. I mean, how much Momoa have we already talked? Yeah. And, and we don't need to, you know, he, we've given Momoa a lot of airtime. He's probably half of this episode <laughs> right. and he wasn't even a guest. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I, I, you know, do you agree? We're going to go into some other people who definitely can be considered winners. But do you agree like Momoa definitely walks away as, as the big winner here?
3: Easily. Easily. Like the most uh, exciting part of the movie in terms of like you, as soon as you come out of the theater, that's who you want to tell people about. His performance is so great. Um, I think he's a huge reason why why people will be excited to see the next film, to see what he does next. Um, so yeah, he, he's the big winner. <laughs> yes.
2: I think, you know, you got to give some other, uh, big guys, some, uh, <laughs> some, some, uh, winnings too. Uh, I'm thinking Vin, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he got Dwayne back yeah. somehow, you know, maybe he didn't <laughs> yeah. actually do it, but he wanted Dwayne back. He got Dwayne they back it and then Dwayne, he didn't have to do it. hmm. You know, um he could have been like, no, I'm holding out, I'm doing Hobbs and Shaw two, and and that's it. Right. Um and again, maybe maybe that ending is a setup for Hobbs and Shaw too. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um, but it, it's possible, I guess. But yeah, so um they both are winners and uh earned a little earned some of our respect, like we said, for kind of mending whatever fences that they did mm-hmm. and uh, and making this a reality. Um, But then I have, you know, there's someone that we haven't really mentioned that I know you really wanted to give a honorable mention to as a as a winner.
3: Yeah. The actor who plays Little B, um, Leo Abello Perry, who is the of the children who have we've seen glimpses of. He's the only one now who like gets to be in on the action. He's clearly having a great time in the movie. But also like they start the whole thing when they cut to present day with him taking driving lessons and, you know, uh, Dom has those lines about, oh, that's what it's all about, passing it on to the next generation. And um, he has the one specific line where he says, oh, you will be better than me. So Leo Abello-Perry is also like the perfect age for over the next few years as they finish out the franchise will be like, you know, teenager, young adult. He he could take it over potentially. And I think um, he started out really strong. I think he, you know, keeps up pace with all the adults in the film. And who knows, like maybe we see a lot more of him for years to come.
2: Yeah, I think he he was so good that he have might might have put off any you know thought of sh- of sh- maybe this was the Chalamet role right that, you right, know, right when they when they do the spinoff of the kids maybe <laughs> that's where uh, Chalamet would have slotted in but no Leo's that good that I think uh, Chalamet, yeah. maybe Chalamet's the villain I don't know <laughs> right, I, I, right clearly I'm just trying to get Chalamet in the mix uh, I don't know why but uh, Ch- Chalamet, there's something about him and Fast that I can't get out of my mind now uh, but no that's a good one um, and lastly I guess technically. The final category is, what's the biggest question we have left? And my answer is, how the hell do we wait two years oh my for God. the next movie? How many <laughs> yeah. cliffhangers? Do we need to figure... I, 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 I thought about trying to do the math ahead of time, but I thought it'd be better if we try to figure out right now, <laughs> how many cliffhangers did they leave us on? So let's count this out. Uh,
3: there's the the plane crash. That's, that's one. That's
2: one. And that's and that's four lives at stake right there. <laughs> yeah. Not even counting the poor pilots. Yeah.
3: Uh, we still we still don't know where Mr. Nobody is, a smaller oh, one, but
4: okay. bit of a it.
3: little bit of a cliffhanger. We got two. Um, we, even Dom and Little B, they're literally facing down a crumbling brick and stuff. Who knows? Yep. We assume they survive. They they need to be in the movies, but <laughs> technically they're in peril at the moment.
4: Number three. There um
3: you go. we don't know what's up with Queenie. She's threatened. Shaw leaves. We never actually hear anything else about where he's gone. <laughs> so little question there. Um Am I missing any? What else do we have? Oh, you
2: de- I mean, you're definitely missing. I mean, Giselle. Oh, you know, yeah. Giselle, we don't know what's where that's going, going, going on there? Uh, uh, so that's five. The rock. Yeah, what's what's, what's, what's going on? What's there? gonna happen there? So that's six. Um I mean Ames, I guess that's not really a cliffhanger like they reveal and we kind of get the flashback, but we don't really know exactly yeah. there. Um, Tess, we, we're thinking she survives, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't, you know, we don't yeah. uh, we don't get a full report right. on her. Um and then uh clearly uh what's going on with Bow wow? That's my that's the other one. <laughs> yeah. uh, like what Twinkie? <laughs> right. Twinkie, where we they got at? you in F9, where are you at? <laughs>
3: They're still launching things into space. Like yeah. what's up? <laughs>
2: exactly. I did like, I will say. I did like, in that Pete Davidson scene, the callback to the space thing. Yeah. And then (laughs) Pete Davidson's amazement at like, wait, you're an astronaut? Like, (laughs) that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was nice. (laughs) Um, So we have at least eight cliffhangers, I feel like. And we we probably missed a couple. I guess
3: one other small one, uh, it's not dramatic in the movie, but we don't actually know what happens to Mia. Like, she leaves. We assume she's with Brian, but nobody ever mentions her again.
2: I mean, and that's, you know, wrapping up, that is one thing. It will be interesting to see in the next movie how and if they address Brian and saying goodbye to that character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's They're in a tough spot where, A, I mean, you definitely feel you you miss Paul in these movies and you miss the character of Brian. To me, he was the heart mm-hmm. of these movies. And they did such an incredible job and they did the right thing with Furious 7, with keeping that character alive, yeah. letting him literally ride off into the sunset. But now they're in such a tricky spot where anytime it's like, oh, the family's under attack. That's like, okay, well, what's going on with Brian? Oh, he's good. Don't worry about it. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like I don't know what the right answer is mm-hmm. there. Um, but it is tough. Essentially, and then you feel bad, you know, uh, Jordana Brewster as Mia can only be in the movie so much, you right. know. She got to be in it more in F9, right? Cause I think they could be like, oh, it's her brother. Mm-hmm. She has to be there. But she's like, oh, the kids are with Brian. Yeah. Like, we know Brian. Is Brian just going to chill? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll be the babysitter. Yeah, I'll just
3: be stay at home, dad. It's
2: fine. Again, it's one of those things where you know the real life circumstances. But I, I am interested to see how they'll handle that if the next film is indeed the final one. Yeah. And and I don't even know how I want them to handle it, if we're being honest. I mean, that was such a incredible uh, tribute and send-off in Furious 7 mm-hmm. that, you know... I kind of don't want them to mess with that at all.
3: Yeah, but at the same time, they do have to address it somehow. Like if Dante's goal is to go after the entire family, as an audience, we're not going to believe he can't find Brian. So I'm curious to see what they do.
2: Yeah. And I will say, again, maybe uh, Little B would have been better off just hanging out with uh, Mia and Brian and their (laughs) kids. You know what I mean? Instead of this... (laughs) Cross global trip, <laughs> yeah. uh, going on an airplane, dropping out of that airplane, going in a cannon car. You know what I mean? Like, I think he might have been better off with me yeah, and Ryan. I'm Like,
3: does he have school? Oh my god!
2: <laughs> Least of his problems, but a good point <laughs> yeah. by you. Um, well. Again, we we've gone on long enough. We could, we'll probably stop recording and then just keep talking about Fast X <laughs> yeah. for another five hours. But we should we should let uh, the people move on with their lives. Maybe they're driving back to the theater. Maybe we got Please. them so excited they turned it on when they left the theater. Go. They immediately turned around to go back to the theater because <laughs> uh, they had to see Fast X again, like we already have. Um, but that's so we should wrap up. Uh, Chanel, so good to be back with you yes. with our producer Sammy. Like this is our fast binge family. Uh, and it's, I'm glad that we have these times where we can come back and talk about these films. Yeah. Uh, even if it's two years, you know, later, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe it'll be, maybe we'll all be like 70 years old and come in <laughs> to talk about uh little B's adventures. Right. I hope they're still calling him little B. Um, uh, we're talking about his adventures with his, uh, his family. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to say about the movie, uh, and us, uh, getting to talk about it.
3: I, I just want to see it again. I am, forever going to be thinking about for the next two years, actually Jason Momoa's performance. So uh, the next time we do this, I'll just be able to quote all of his lines in the exact cadence that he does it. And um, I hope everybody else is prepared for that. That's what I want to say.
2: So you're just going to walk in. Maybe we don't see each other again until then. And you just going to call me a butthole. Or maybe you, you throw a fake tooth at me and call me a butthole. So I'll be ready for that. And, but you'll be doing that as I wear my as I wear my Momoa t shirt.
3: Oh, absolutely! I'll be so. in purple on
2: purple silk. So cool. Are you gonna like do a little curtsy for me too when <laughs> yeah. you walk in? Enchante. Oh my god, so good! <laughs> um, well, thank you uh, for everyone that you know. Whether you're a first time listener, a repeat listener, someone that has you know checked out every episode, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you coming back. Um, thanks again to Louis, Sung, and John. Um, you know, a one-time guest, a two-time guest, and a three-time guest. We hope um, we have the opportunity to talk to all of them again. I guess if if John comes back, that would mean uh, Quite a Jacob has been uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, revived as well. But hey, you know, if it lets us talk to John Cena again, uh, right. we'll we'll take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have you know, I have to imagine we earned all your respect. Uh, if you if you're still listening to this, however many hours later, uh, so really from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for. Uh, listening to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga. I can speak for Chanel, kind of a dream project Mm -hmm. uh, for us. So until we see you again in 2025 for Fast X Part 2, salud, me podcast familia.
3: This episode of EW's Binge Podcast is hosted and produced by Derek Lawrence and me, Chanel Johnson. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Executive produced by me. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Join in on the conversation with us on Twitter, at Derek J. Lawrence and at Chanel Berlin. Thanks for listening.